Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Wrestling podcast. I'm Rich Grace alongside, as always, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, we have plenty, plenty to talk about today, and we have a rant, the, a guaranteed rant from you. Uh, before I get started, how's, how's it going? It's going all right. You know, uh, how much NFL did you watch today? I watched exactly, uh, I think, 20 minutes. I, I don't like the NFL. You watched, tw- I, you watched 20 minutes of the league. It's the league. Yes, that's it. Oh, yeah. You, you, I know you're not a big football guy, but, you know, week one NFL, you only uh, yeah. dove in for 20 minutes. Yeah, I watched a little bit of the Bears. I watched the beginning, the first quarter of the Bears, and then the last like ten minutes or whatever, just to watch them lose, so I can laugh. And then do you have any? Do you have any allegiance to the Bears as a native? I don't. Uh, Chicago I, it, guy. It, no, I mean, what happened was, is in, in, and it's kind of a funny story. People always ask me, so like, how do you not like the Bears or whatever? There was there was a time when I was growing up. It, I, I forgot how old I was. I was maybe 10 or 11 or whatever. And my dad, every Sunday, like everybody in Chicago, he just sits down and watches the Bears. And mind you, they were horrible in the 90s, just like god-awful, horrendous bad. And he would just like throw things and get mad. And I was just like, Dad, why do you watch the Bears every week if it just makes you mad? And he went, you know what? I don't know. And I said, well, no, like, why, why would, would I support this team? And he was like, I don't know. He's like, you can do whatever you want. So I, I kind of bounced around as a kid. I was sort of a, a um, like, I like, I like the Buccaneers for a while, like the Panthers for a while as well, those two teams. But I never really had an allegiance to the Bears ever at any point. I've been to like one Bears game my entire life. I own no Bears merchandise. Like, it's just because it, it, it's, it's like, to me, it's like the Cubs. And that's the same thing. I'm, I'm a White Sox fan. And it's like, why do people put themselves through this with these bad teams? And, and I guess I could ask you the same question. Why do you put yourselves through Rams football anymore? Because people just do it because they do it. It's, and it's like, I'm no, gonna, break the habit. You like, you don't have to do it's it. It's a like, lot like the same reason people watch Monday Night Raw week, <laughs> week after week when they admittedly hate it and they hate watch it. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't hate watch the Rams. They haven't been good for a full decade now. 
Yeah, it's going to be a, officially a decade and then this year, right? It, this will be a decade of no, of not being a winning team or making the playoffs. And make no mistake, this is not going to be a winning team or make the playoffs. Uh, yeah, early returns. <laughs> they have no good. quarterback and they have no running game. And I don't know how you're going to win in modern NFL without a quarterback or, or any sort of offense to speak of. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a full decade of being awful. And I'm listen, I'm not a crazed sports fan. I'm not the kind of guy who yells at the TV. I'm not the kind of guy who gets upset at sports, but it is starting to weigh on me. And I am starting to get frustrated and I am starting to question why I put myself through this every Sunday. And I'm starting to question whether this is going to be the year. I haven't missed a snap in probably 15 years. It's probably been that long. 15 years since I've missed a snap. I will sit in blowouts till the end of the game and watch the kneel downs. I don't miss a snap. Um, you know, I'm into it. But it's really starting to wear on me. And uh, this might be the year that I that I throw in the towel. I, it, it's 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 getting really hard to watch after after 10 years of this. <laughs> yeah. And that's and that's sort of what, how, how I broke away from the NFL a little bit as well is because I realized that. I started going out. There was like a few times that I went out because I would still, even if I wasn't a Bears fan, I still watched it a lot and was still pretty into it. But then I realized there was one Sunday I went out and like grocery shopped and nobody was out. It was like a goddamn ghost town out here. And like anything I wanted to do, I could ride my bike anywhere. I could go play basketball anywhere. Like nobody was anywhere. And I was like, you know what? This is pretty cool. Like I can get a lot done. And now Sundays are like my day where I just do stuff like and it's good. It's good equity for the girlfriend as well. Because so many girls will, and like her friends will say, oh, you know, my boyfriend would just sat down and watch football all day and blah, 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 blah. Where I go and I'm like, honey, what do you want to do? You know, let's go here. Let's go apple picking. You make fun of me for blueberry picking. But it's equity so that now I can sit down on random days and watch Japanese wrestling and she can't complain. Because I'll say, well, tomorrow we're going to blank. And she's like, ah, damn it. Yeah. That's like, Whereas other guys, other guys are locked in on Sundays. I got, I got all day Sunday. I'm good. You know, that's like my town when Texas A&M has a football game. <laughs> you know, this, the stadium now holds 105,000 fans, which is, you know, roughly the population of this town when the students are in town. So literally everybody is at the football game and the streets are empty and it feels like a zombie apocalypse. And me being from out of town, I don't give two shits about tech, the, you know, Texas A&M Aggie football. Couldn't care less. But, uh, you know, so you go to whatever restaurant you want. It, 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 I, I understand the point you're making. You have free reign to do whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. Sundays are great. I mean, I... And let me tell you something. They, they built this. They, they added on the Kyle Field that now has 105,000 seats, and there's still no parking lot. <laughs> Seems like a bad idea. In, in a small Texas town, there's a 105,000-seat football stadium with no parking lot. So, you could just start charging. Well, I mean, you know. How close are you? Um, No, I bought a house on the outskirts to stay away from the oh, students okay. and stay away from the campus. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I don't live anywhere near, you know, I, you know, I, I barely live in College Station. Um, but, yeah, you know, you, you know, once you get within a mile of the stadium, there's cars parked on everybody's lawn. It's an absolute disaster because there's no parking lots for a 105,000-seat stadium. It's ridiculous. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, I did a little NFL today and, uh, I got the NFL on, on the background here. I don't completely hand wave it the way you do, but, uh, but you know, uh, what are you going to do? I may, I may have to later this year. It was very, it's only week one and I'm already disgusted by what I see with the red. There's no hope for the team. So I, I just, <laughs> it's incredibly frustrating. It's, it's, it's a force of habit though. It's just what you do on Sunday. You sit yeah, down and that's, I, yeah. and you watch and I watch Rams football. It's what I've done my entire adult life and even part of my childhood life. So I can't, it's, it's not easy to throw away, but, uh, they're doing their best to drive me away though. 
Absolutely. So let's get into actual things that people probably want to hear us talk about, not breaking down why or why not we're NFL fans. Uh, let's start. Uh, we're going to have, obviously, a bunch. Um, I think I'm going to start with here real quick, but we're going to talk about Ring of Honor's All-Star Extravaganza eye pay-per-view. I watched it. You did not, but I can give some insights on that. You watched the uh, New Japan uh, Kirkin show from this week where there was a big name that kind of popped up in a big storyline that sort of to look for in the future. We'll talk a little bit about that. Dragon Gate's got a Ustream show coming up uh, tomorrow um, morning, I believe, or the 9th at least. Uh, and then we're going to preview NXT TakeOver and talk about a few other things here real quick. But let's start off with the first thing, which um, if you follow us on Twitter, you yesterday you probably heard Joe arguing with numerous people about this. And it, it started with the King of Trios. Joe, can you maybe give some people some background as sort of to exactly what happened here? And then we're, we're breaking our Chikara silence for, for this one, which we, we said on this podcast, we we're going to talk Chikara. And this it, it, it's about them, but it's a little bit, it, it's a bigger well, point just, than just so, sort of breaking I down. Mean, yeah. I'm going to get into my, my problems of my problem with what Chikara has done here. Cause I really think that they've been uh, fraudulent to the fans in this, in this whole scenario. And I'm going to get into that in a minute, but you know, this is nothing new to people who listen to this show, and um, I've, I've ranted on this before, and I feel very strongly that wrestling fans should not ever spend a dime on a wrestling show, whether that be a live uh, ticket, whether that be a pay-per-view, whether that be an iPay-per-view. Uh, they should not spend a dime and g- or give a promoter a dime of their money until something is announced for the show. That doesn't mean an entire card. That doesn't mean the entire lineup, but – you should never spend money blind on a wrestling show. And when I say blind, what I mean by that, because I think there may have been some confusion with some on Twitter. Blind means uh, the promotion says, we're having a show on this date in this building. Tickets are on sale now, and they announce nothing else about the show. Not a single person on the show, not a single match that's going to be on the show, nothing. That's blind. And to me, you should never give a promoter your money Blind with knowing nothing else about the show. I don't want to hear about, uh, you know, well, what about promotions that have proven themselves? And no, I don't want to hear it. You sh- I, mean, I don't care who it is. You talk about WWE. You talk about New Japan. You talk about any independent promotion you want. You want to talk about Progress, who's killing it over in England, who they're selling tickets blind and people are buying them up. And they're- I don't care if the promotion delivers every time because there's going to come a time where they don't deliver. And that's exactly what Chikara has done here because the King of Trios has always delivered. Always. This year, this is what this carny, Mike Quackenbush, has done. He raised his, his ringside prices to $75, and he raised his general admission prices to $30. Are those figures correct? Let me double, uh, that is correct, let me yes. double check before one of these whack jobs complains over yeah, a, you know, you want to make a sure you $5 right. dollar me... difference or something. It's 75 and 30 okay, uh, to the best of my knowledge. Or, or wait, the GA it might be 20 It might be 20 The point is the ringside is 75 for sure. Okay, by doing that and by putting out a video that says the big one has returned, the biggest tournament in wrestling has returned. That's setting an expectation level that this year's King of Trios was going to be either at or above the level of the previous King of Trios, which were all stacked shows that delivered in the ring with plenty of outside talent and plenty of fairly expensive talent because you're not going to raise your prices across the board that way. I think the GA was lowered by five bucks, but that was more than made up by the increase. I have all the prices here if you, if you want me to go, go ahead. right now. Okay, so GA is twenty. Uh, the front row then is, as you mentioned, uh, seventy-five. Uh, second row is he just has it as pluses. Second row is fifty. 
Uh, third row is 40, fourth row is 30, and then GA is 20. Massive so. increases across the board except for sure. GA, which went down $5. But they're clearly going to make more money on this than they have before because of the, uh, you know, the, the incredible increases for the ringside area. Okay? And I don't care what anybody says. You get, you listen, you're not going to change my mind on this one. This was intentionally to mislead the customer to think that this was going to be another King of Trios tournament such as the ones we've seen in the past before the shutdown, which were huge tournaments with tons of outside names. That was the intent, to mislead the consumer with no intent to deliver that. And these shows all killed it with ticket sales before a single team was announced. Before a single team was announced. The teams were announced, and the lineups were nearly, pretty much across the board, almost universally panned. Okay? And there's some people on Twitter saying, oh, no, that's just people you – bullshit. <laughs> it's not a good line. Nobody it's... likes these lineups. Vince Mar- The only people that do are, are largely – I think they're there are people. Them, so. There are people who like the line. There are some hardcore car fans who are okay with it. But, but, but listen, these lineups are being panned all over the place. And if you don't believe me, check the Chikara 101 boards. Yeah, where, I, I think that's Where the they're arguing with each yeah. other over the quality of the lineups. There's more unrest on that board and more complaints about the lineup than there's ever been before. Check Vince Morales' Twitter feed, a Chikara blogger. He's not happy yeah, with the lineup. That's a guy lineups. who lives and dies by Chikara. And, yeah. Check Brandon Stroud's Twitter feed. There's no bigger Chikara cheerleader than Brandon Stroud. And he joked yesterday, can I ask for a refund for my plane ticket after the final team was announced? Uh, check this from the board. G. Davis 38 in the Chikara thread. Big Chikara fan. Reading his post verbatim. Even if these expensive tickets were done solely to compensate uh, for those two changes, that still doesn't justify having uh, you all U.S. talent. It's hard to consider Team UK an international team, no matter who good, how good they seem to be, because I believe they're visiting the U.S. on their own dime for a couple of months, so they were booked as a U.S.-based talent like everyone else. So this is me now. They didn't, they're not even flying into Team UK. And there's only two other outside teams, Spirit Squad, who, believe me, they're not breaking the bank. And, L- <laughs> and, and, and LAX, and LAX, okay, who, you know, those plane tickets are going to cost a bit of money, all right, LAX and Chavo, back to the post, I had a lot of goodwill with them, remember this, remember this for the point I'm about, and he was a day one front rower, I believe, I had a lot of goodwill with them, and that's ultimately why I chose to travel out there with no card announced, I understand buyer beware, I'm not looking for sympathy, but at this point, the goodwill is gone. The trip is mostly sunk costs, and I'm going to make the most of it. Even if it ends up being a good, fun weekend of shows, I refuse to commit to the tournament again until I see a full lineup. Yeah. Okay. And I had the same, I had the exact same experience with this promotion that we mentioned at the show I went to in Chicago. I, I bought it sight unseen when they came back, and I said, cool. Well, Shakara has built up that equity to me, and I did it. I bought it, and the show was horrendous, and the people that I went with – had also done the same thing as me, and they was horrendous, and now they have no plans of going back. And I don't have plans of going back until they, until I know ahead of time of the card, okay, that's a good card. I will go now. Okay. Now, that's four anecdotes I just gave you of people who are Chikara fans, yeah. Chikara people, Chikara supporters who are unhappy with the card. So for all those dopes on Twitter telling me that it's just my circle of people who are disappointed, wrong. There's plenty of people disappointed with this card. I think the yeah. one-on-one board is especially the one. I mean, if those people, and those people are devoting if you don't think that, <laughs> their lives to Chikara. If all the yeah. people I named have tickets, 
by the way. If you don't think that there's actual ticket buyers upset with these cards, your head is in the sand or you do not have your finger on the pulse, you're lost. Don't talk to me because you're lost. You're not paying attention if you think that ticket buyers are not upset with this card. No, not all of the ticket buyers, but there are plenty of ticket buyers upset with this card. And you're lost if you think otherwise and you're not paying attention. You don't do the research I do. So don't come at me with that. You don't pay attention the way I do. You're lost. Okay? So let me get that out of the way right now. Now back to my point. I don't believe wrestling fans should ever buy tickets blind. And I'm not just saying this because of your car. Rich, how many months have I been preaching this on this You've said it for a while, yeah. I, and I, I'm, I'm, I'll honestly, I'm guilty of it a lot of times. Listen, and, you're going to have yeah. another take on this. And, I, and yeah. you're, you're going you're gonna to give a, a slightly different take on this after I'm done screaming and losing my voice. But I've, I've always believed this isn't a Chikara thing. I'm not just picking on Chikara. I don't think you should ever buy – WWE is a massive abuser. You never know what's going to be on a house show. And we've talked about that. You never know what's going to be on their house shows with their old lineups, their inaccurate. I would never buy a ticket to one of their shows without knowing who's going to be there. They're guilty of it too. And I'm throwing them in too. I'm not just picking on the indies. I, have a, yeah, I won't do it. I won't buy an iPay-Per-View or a pay-per-view without knowing who's on the show. New Japan doesn't do that. I know what's on every New Japan show before I buy it. I'm the biggest New Japan uh, supporter. That they're, I love the New Japan product right now. I would never spend a dime on New Japan blind. Ever. Never. To me, it is disrespectful for a promoter to ask me for money without telling me what they're giving me. It is disrespectful. I'm a customer. You're trying to earn my money. Don't ask me for money without telling me what I'm going to get. And the problem is, as wrestling fans, we let them get away with it. And you know you're saying, I know what people are thinking. But now let me, let me say this. First of all, the majority of the people on Twitter agreed with me. The majority of the people agree with what I'm saying. Sure, it was a vocal minority. Now, there's a, as always, yeah. There's a small minority of people who are kicking back and saying, hold on a minute now. What about when a promotion has established goodwill? Like this G. Davis 38 said on this Observer Board post. Uh, what, what, what if they've established goodwill? What if they always deliver? That's not the point. You still shouldn't buy blind, and I'm going to give you a couple reasons why. Number one, no matter what Gabe Sapolsky wants to say on Twitter, he's a promoter. I like Gabe. Gabe has been on this show. When we reach out to Gabe for quotes, he gives them to us. He offered to come on this show and talk to us about it. The timelines didn't match up, and we couldn't make it happen. Maybe it'll happen at another time. But I have nothing against Gabe. But you have to remember that Gabe is a promoter. Okay? So a lot of things he said last night, which I'm going to go through individually – and hopefully at least he listens, and he's more than happy to come on and rebut whatever I have to say. It's fine if we can make the times work out, okay? But here's the thing about promoters, and I don't care what any of them say. I don't care what any of you say, okay? If a promoter puts tickets on sale for a show blind and sells the show out, I don't – listen, it, I'm not saying that there's promoters out there who are intentionally going to deliver a cheap, low-cost – low-quality show just to rob you of your money. I think there's very few promoters that would do that consciously. But here's the thing. It's subconscious. Which promoter is going to work harder to put together a strong lineup? The promoter that already sold out the show without booking a single name or the promoter that hasn't sold a single ticket? Obviously, the promoter that hasn't sold a single ticket because he's going to have to work harder and think outside of the box. Sure, that's just basic. That's yes. common I mean, that's sense. 
That's yeah. We don't even need to argue that. I mean, that, that and Gabe can and Gabe can say no all he wants, and Gabe can say I don't know anything about the wrestling business all he wants. But he's a promoter. What do you think he's going to say? He's a promoter. Is he? He's not going to go on Twitter and say that he doesn't try as. And I'm not. And I'm not suggesting that he doesn't. I have no problem with the way Gabe promotes his shows. He's not the. No, one he. Uh, it was funny that he was sort of arguing on the other he side. Gives he's, a he's, he's, he gives right, a He's the opposite. Problem, yeah. Gabe. And when he doesn't deliver on a said lineup, he, he goes out of his way to, I mean, remember WrestleMania weekend, we talked about it. He went out of his way. He was begging people. I'm so sorry. I didn't do, deliver what I said I was going to. Here's how I made it up. You know, I, he was grabbing guys out of left field and right, you and know, fact, to, lot, to make up that lineup. Yeah. There's a lot of people who think he, inte- he knew that the Dragon Gate talent wasn't going to be there and intentionally stalled the announcement to sell extra tickets. And we never accused him of that, but there's plenty no. of people who think that I don't personally believe he did that. But my point here is, um, okay, I'm going to make a baseball analogy. And this might lose some people, but try to – Yeah, so I'll get it, but nobody – No, try to follow me here. Pete Rose Rose was accused of gambling and kicked out of baseball. He was betting on his own team that he was managing, the Cincinnati Reds. No one ever accused him of betting against the Reds, and and nobody thinks that he ever bet against the Reds. Correct, Rich? It's that he Uh, was betting on the Reds, but you're just – you're not allowed to gamble. Yeah, so he was kicked out. never against – yeah. Now – the prevailing theory is even though he may not have bet money against the Reds, in, it, it, you know, effectively, in any game that he didn't bet on the Reds, subconsciously he was betting against them. Because let's say he had money on today's game and knows he's not going to bet on tomorrow's. He's going to use his bullpen differently in the game that he has money on. He's going to maybe play all of his best players today and let them have a day off the next day. You see what I'm getting at, Rich? You're going to manage the game you have money on differently. So in effect, you're hurting your chances of winning the next day. Pete Rose never act, was actively trying to lose. I don't believe that for one second. But was the fact that he was betting on other games hurting his ability to win the others? Absolutely. Same thing with these promoters. I don't think that they're consciously trying to give you a lesser product and curling their mustaches and saying, ah, I got all their money. I don't have to give them a quality show. Now, of course not. If they don't give you a quality show, you're not going to come to the next one. They're not stupid, but, but don't you think if the show has already sold out before they've announced a thing, if they come up with a cool outside the box idea or a chance to book a special talent that they'll say to themselves, eh, why bother? Why spend the extra money? This show's sold out already. I'll save that for the next show. Whereas if the show hasn't sold any tickets yet or has a week advance, aren't they going to push a little harder? To make sure that they, they, they give the highest quality show possible? It's common sense, people. It's not that they're – I'm not saying promoters would deliberately sabotage a show just because they've sold a lot of tickets. And I think that's where a lot of people had a disconnect. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying though subconsciously, just like Pete Rose wasn't trying to lose the next day or actively trying to lose the next day, he was hurting his chances of losing the next day by putting all of his eggs in today's basket. Same thing with these promoters. If you go out and – if the progress show sells out in one day before they've announced the thing, do you really think they're really going to go all out to give you the the very best possible – no. They don't have to, and that doesn't mean they're going to give you a shitty show. It just means if they didn't – if they weren't selling their tickets until the lineup was announced, if they put the lineup out there and then put the tickets on sale and they only filled half the building, now they have to try something to get the rest of the building filled. Do you understand where I'm getting at? I don't know. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I don't know if I'm expressing myself properly here. 
No, I think it, it, it's it's very simple in that sense that you're saying without their without the the fire against them that, or without you know their backs to the wall or anything like that that there's no reason to go all out. Just make them that's work just for common it. sense. Make that's, them work that's, for that's, it. Make it's it, it it comes to the exact same point of a kid that grew up in a in a privileged family is going to work less hard than than ones that need you know the money is bad or you know you know there's it's just basic common sense that you're sort of saying here is that you know it, it, promoter a has twenty thousand dollars already and hasn't booked anybody who is going to say well you know i'm, I'm not going to book nineteen thousand dollars worth of talent you know why would i do that whereas if, i already got the whereas money if they, I, where, whereas if they announce the card and the yeah, and, right. and then put the tickets on sale and they don't get the advance they thought they were maybe they think to themselves oh shit i gotta do something else now i gotta pull out the stops now i gotta I find have to another do guy a i gotta really stipulation yeah. match or uh find someone else to book because i need to draw some more people to this show i mean that's wrestling 101 i mean you can go back and read wrestling history and see that you know the advances of this house show weren't enough so they had to go out and do a little bit more i mean you know it, it, it was in a, a observer radio today that the wrestlemania one advances weren't good and then they just so happened vince said shit we got to get on saturday night live any way we can you know we got to do you know it's 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 if he had sold out, you know, every closed circuit TV had, you know, WrestleMania already. He's not going to tell Hulk Hogan, you know, do we have to find a way to get on Saturday Night Live? He's going to say, we're good. It's just you're less hungry if you're it's all there for you're, you. You're less hungry. And, and I'm not even saying that they're conscious decisions. Subconsciously, you're less hungry because the money's in the bank. You know? And exactly. I, yeah. I don't, why are people paying for shows with no lineup to begin with? That makes no sense to me. Maybe you, you do it, so maybe you can explain to me when, when, yeah. when, I, when I let you uh, give your side of it here. But uh, the, the point is make these promoters earn your money. And I don't want to hear about promotions that have established good – to me, the most dangerous thing that you could hand a wrestling promoter. And remember, people, we're talking about wrestling promoters. And no, I don't think that they're all evil con men curling their mustaches and stealing money from wrestling and fans. No, I don't think that. But at the end of the day, they are wrestling promoters, and it is their goal to get as much money out of you as possible. Don't ever lose sight of that. And don't ever give wrestling promoters blind faith. That's a dangerous thing to do. And the most dangerous thing to do is to, the, the most dangerous thing that you could hand a wrestling promoter is uh, brand loyalty. Brand loyalty is the most dangerous thing you could hand a wrestling promoter. Look what brand loyalty has done to the WWE. Look what brand loyalty has done to these Chikara ticket buyers. All of these Chikara ticket buyers had brand loyalty. This is Chikara. They don't let me down, especially King of Trios. King of Trios, they'll never let me down. Plus, they raised the prices. This is going to be incredible. I don't need to see a lineup. I'm loyal to the brand. I, they have goodwill. A lot of goodwill. Goodwill, right in that, right in that post there on the Observer Report. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of goodwill with them. Well, where did that goodwill get these people who bought these Chikara tickets? And let me tell you something, people, you know, oh, well, you know, progress never lets you down. PWG never lets you down. Not yet. Who's the city and that's, can't yeah. down the line? There were people that would have said that about Chikara in 2010 mm -hmm. or whatever it is about King and of Trios. And what's happening now? Brand loyalty is the most dangerous thing you could hand a wrestling promoter. Don't forget that they work for you. You're a customer. They're trying to get your money. Make them earn it. Don't make it easy for them. As fans, we have to stop handing them money and making it easy on them. Don't, why on the earth would I give a promoter my money before he shows me what he's given me? Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Work hard to earn my money. Give me a card that deserves the money that I work for. Then I'll give you my money happily. And I spend more money on wrestling than half the people listening to this and half the goofballs that are arguing with me on Twitter. I guarantee it. I guarantee it that I spend more money on wrestling than half the people listening to this.
So don't come at me with that angle either. But they earn my money. They tell me what I'm going to get, and then I decide if I want to buy it. Right, and and you can you can and and your point too for people that might not still be getting it, you can take it to a sports analogy as well and look at you know a a baseball team, whatever team, a team that's going to no matter what get thirty thousand fans at every single game. You know, a big a big one that, and especially in Chicago here, is the Chicago Cubs. People sort of assume that the fact that no matter what, everybody traveling to Chicago. This common like group of fans, no matter what, regardless of if they're good, bad, whatever, thirty thousand fans are going to come there every single night, every single day, and that's happened for now about thirty years. Where, where you know, since about the early eighties, it's been just sort of this constant flux of fans going there, and people see them as a less hungry team because you know what? Hey, look, we're going to get the fans regardless. We're not, we don't need to invest in international town. Obviously, they've changed that recently, but they didn't have the same fire that a lot of teams that they had, and it's a big reason why they haven't been successful in the past thirty years. As well, whereas you know teams in their division, you look at the St. Louis Cardinals, they've kind of gotten to that point now, but they had to, they had to work to that for a while. I mean, they needed to be a team that look, we have to every single year put a good team out there. You know, the White Sox are a good example too. I don't know if people know that dichotomy a little bit, but you have the Chicago White Sox, who I'm a fan of, and they they every year for a long time had to go all out every single year to make sure that they were getting the most people to come to their games. To make sure that people would come, they had to put out a competitive product. Whereas on the other side of town, it was the Cubs are playing, so people just went. Well, the White Sox won a World Series in that time and were arguably a more successful team over those last 30 years than the Cubs were. And there, a big reason of that is that they had to, they were always hungry. Every single year it was, how do we get better? Whereas the Cubs, a lot of time, a lot of years, it was just sort of, hey, here's these guys we had last year. It, it's it's just it's a mentality. I mean, it, it's basic common sense for a lot of people. It, it's you You are not as motivated. If you, you you're guaranteed something, it's just human nature. You know what I mean? It, it's human. It, I mean that's yeah. There's people it's, arguing with me. Uh, you're arguing against human nature. Yeah, I mean you really can't argue. You're, I mean, you're not as motivated if the if the if the if the cash is already in hand. You're just not. And again, I'm not saying that they're that these promoters are intentionally deceiving you or sure. intentionally no. trying to put out because you know. It, it, but it's just. A, and here's the other thing: when you go buy tickets blind, you're hurting the talent. You're absolutely- and, that, and I think this is the biggest thing that I think wasn't discussed enough in my mind. But yeah, I, I, go ahead. I, I think this is huge. You're hurting the talent. Once you establish once – once a promoter can establish uh, brand loyalty, then it's the brand that is drawing now, not the talent. He could turn around and tell a talent, no, you know, he's, hey, listen, I, you know, I work all your shows. You know, I, I've been working all your shows for you. Well, what do I care? I sell the shows out before they even know you're on it. Look at these Chikara shows. What do you think he's paying these guys? These bums that are littered all over this show. This no-name talent lineup that's on this show. With, mm-hmm. with three outside teams. The UK team, the LAX team with Chavo, and the Spirit Squad. The rest of it is all, you know, wrestling is bums. You know, with your Jimmy Jacobs sprinkled in, a couple other name wrestlers. But mostly just bums. You know, and bums in the sense of, uh, you know, they're not stars in the wrestling business, is what I mean by that. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to disparage them. Yeah, a lot of them are decent workers. They're, but just, yeah, they're, they're just, just they're no names in the wrestling business, and they're not not seventy five dollars front row tickets. Yeah, worth. yeah, they're not they're not they're not commanding thousand dollar paydays. Okay, you know you, you know they're just, just not. And uh, you know a lot of these people are, are probably working two or three times on the show. Sure. With all these mass yeah, let's let's not dance around that as well. That that absolutely happens. With all these mass gimmicks <laughs> and everything else. And but the ticket prices went up. I mean, this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Even the biggest stars of Chikara aren't booked on this thing. Even the highest priced talent isn't aren't, aren't booked on these trio shows. So as I'm talking about, it hurts it, it hurts the talent too when you're willing to buy tickets 
before the lineups are announced. Because if the if it's the brand that draws and not the wrestlers, what leverage do the wrestlers? Yeah, I mean, does Marion Fontaine then go, oh, you know, you need to give me X, and and Quack can say, no, no. <laughs> you know, why would I give you that? I I'm already sold this thing out, and you haven't even. I don't need to give you shit. I don't, I don't even need to book you. I yeah, I mean, 80, the leverage is gone. I sold 80% yeah. of the tickets before we even said who that you run the show. What do I, you know? Yeah, you're you're clearly not important to the ticking buying audience. You're you're not the reason they're buying tickets. So when you hand these companies yeah. brand loyalty, yeah, sure. you're telling them that the brand is the draw and not the talent that's on the shows. What's their motivation to go out and book uh, more expensive and better talent if you're just going to buy a ticket blind anyway? What's their motivation to do that? They they have none. And again, I'm not accusing every promoter of being some mustache curling villain. Some of them are. And I believe these Chikara shows is dirty business. I really do. I think that the fans were intentionally deceived. And, and a lot of them are speaking up about it. And some of them are happy. Look, you're going to have your Chikara diehards who are all into this flood thing. You know what I mean? That They're going to be into the goodies versus the baddies. And that's fine. But there's a lot of people who bought tickets to these shows who aren't happy with this because the expectation – they were deceived. There was a previous expectation level set with prior shows, and raising the ticket prices confirmed those expectation levels, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. In fact, you're tell- – Depending on how – to an extent. I mean I think there were some people, especially me, that w- uh, when, I, when I went to go buy my tickets to the Ch- Chicago Chikara show, I, there was another reason why I assumed that the ticket prices had increased, and it wasn't because I thought they were going to do a blowaway show. Well, I, well I'm, yeah, and- well, I'm talking about trios specifically. Sure, yeah, I, I get that. And also, yeah. I'm talking about your common fan, not your fan who follows the inner workings of the business. Right, exactly. That's what I mean. I'm saying that's how and I these, thought, but I, if, I know others don't. And yet. if these trio shows tell you one thing, it's that what people speculated about the shutdown are absolutely true. This company was having money problems. They can say storyline all they want. That's bullshit. This, the, the irony here is this King of Trio show is going to net more money than any of the others before because there's no payroll here, and the ticket prices went up. They're going to sell less DVDs because the only people who are going to buy the DVDs are the Chikara hardcores, probably the people that are there. They're not going to get those DVD buys from Chikara casuals and non-Chikara fans who want to see the gimmicky, you know, the cool matchups. Yeah. They're not, I want to see Marty Jannetty and 123Kiss. So they'll do worse that. on DVD, but I don't yeah. even know how much DVD is relevant anymore. I don't even know have the mm-hmm. answer to that. I don't know. But, but, the, but they're going to make more at the gate. They're going to net more at the gate this year than ever before. And they already have, really, honestly. Okay, because there's. When, when, when I think T.J. Hawk did the uh, uh, four uh, four eleven mania. He, uh, he he went through and kind of did the math, and yeah, they they've already. Yeah, I mean, they've probably already made already just in front row tickets alone made more than they probably made previously. Yeah, how many people are, are on the show? Forty eight wrestlers on the show. Uh yeah. Um, well, sixteen yeah, times yeah, three. Sixteen, Let's... yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, so forty eight. So. How many? I, ideally, yeah. I don't know if people lowest, are getting paid double the, for well, <laughs> being under two Let's masks, just go with forty-eight. Yeah, let's. This okay. is the lowest percentage of fly-ins ever. I would think ever. I mean, yeah. And besides the fact, even if they're flying in more people than we think, um, look at the names. I mean, these are like these are wrestling is people. These are like Wrestle Factory students, and just you know, it's it's not a great lineup at all. That's not in dispute. You can't dispute that. And it all ties back in. Stop buying tickets blind. You're making these promote. You're not making these promoters earn your money. I don't care how much goodwill they have with you. And look, I know that means if you don't buy a progress ticket blind, you're probably not getting in the building because I understand it's a hot ticket. But if everyone just listened to me, if everyone listened to Joel Anzo, you wouldn't have to worry about that <laughs> because then nobody would buy a ticket until they announced the damn lineup. 
This isn't – listen, I'm not asking these promoters to do anything special. This is the other thing I don't understand about the people who were arguing with me. What am I asking these promoters to do that's so crazy and outside the box? Is it really that revolutionary to ask them to post a fucking lineup? Is that really too much to ask of these wrestling mm -hmm. promoters to tell us Apparently. to tell us who's going to be on the show? Am I really asking for too much here? I mean, think about what you're arguing about. Stop it, fans! Stop it! Stop making it easy on these guys. They're in business. Make them earn it. Let them show you something. Don't just hand it to them. Fuck brand loyalty. Fuck goodwill. Yeah, your last show was good, but what do you have on this one coming up before sure. I decide to spend my money on it? The money I went to work and earned. You're not getting anything out of me until you show me what's on the show. It's asinine. Now, I know you have a slightly different take. Go ahead. Yeah, no. So, so my thought is, and, and, and I'm a person who has done that before. I, I have for a long time. Uh, my buddies and I would – I mentioned before that I used to go to every Ring of Honor show, and I would be in front row no matter what. What we would do is on the shows, they would say uh, – and we just – you know, tickets are now on sale for our next show in Chicago, which is June 15th or whatever. And this is – mind you, this is like February. And we would, in intermission, get in line and buy those tickets. Just no doubt. We did it every single week. I mean, we did this now for, God, probably three years straight. So that's probably about three or four shows a year, uh, give or take, in Chicago. We, we just did that because it was, hey, we wanted to be front row. We wanted to have these tickets. We wanted to be there. Make sure we were there, blah, blah, blah. You know, we didn't forget. Might as well just buy them now. Well, yeah, I, I admit that that's probably not the best move. But what I think is the big thing, and, and people sort of meant, I, you sort of said it a little bit earlier, is that, it's dangerous, and the problem too, and I think promoters shouldn't want that to be the way it is because what happened was is that there was a point where ROH stopped providing a, a product that we liked, and there was one show where we said, you know what, no, we're not going to buy the tickets for the next show, and we have never been back. There was not one time that me and that group of four guys went back and did it. So, so brand loyalty me, eventually backfired. And that's the problem is, and I think the same thing has happened with Chikara, where I said I brought that group of people together. We went to Chikara, we saw it, and we said, this show sucks. And now I'm not going to ask them to go, and they're not going to ask me to go, and it's, it, it's done. It's, it's because completely... you were burned. Now right, and it, that's, I think that's the thing. You is had, when... Where if you were buying based on the lineups, you wouldn't have felt burned because you just wouldn't have went. Yeah, and that's how, that's how I am with AEW, where I'll, I'll see. I, I just texted a friend you know, not that long ago, and I said, hey, if this Friday – AW is in Berwyn or whatever. They have a pretty good show. Do you want to go? And he said, yeah. And I said, okay, cool. You know, because I looked at the show. I don't, I don't immediately every single year or every single month or whatever buy tickets to AEW because I want to see. Because there was a few shows where I looked at the lineup and I said, you know what? No, I have better ways to send my Friday. Hey, I have, a, I have something better to do this Friday than watch. That This is not a great card in my mind. You didn't bring anybody that I really like. Da, 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 da. And then, you know what? Hey, then I go to the show the next day or, you know, this next month or whatever, and I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Like, I looked at this card and I said, cool, I'm really into this card. But the thing with Ring of Honor is that we become, you know, we became so indoctrinated in we need to go to Ring of Honor. We have to do this every month. We have to do this, you know, every, every single time they're here, we have to come, we have to go, we have to go. Then they put together a string of, you know, one or two bad shows, and we said, well, we're done. And once you break that sort of mindset and that sort of it, – it's over. And that, the same thing – Brand loyalty, and we're not just talking about wrestling too. And this is, and and I think that's the important part of your people are arguing that oh, wrestling is different, or no, th th this isn't how it works in wrestling. Brand loyalty works the same way in any any form, any any form of medium, any any food, anything like that. You go to a restaurant that you go to every single week, and they give you a piss poor meal. What are the chances that you're going back to that restaurant? 
Well, if, if you've sat in the same place every single month for, for, you know, every single week for the past five years and you get just an absolutely atrocious meal, you, that completely destroys well, you know, your loyalty or whatever. Yeah. It, you know, Chris GST from PW Ponderings was arguing with me on this topic and he kept bringing up the point that it's good for the business to have brand loyalty because it, it's good for promoters to – oh, yeah, of course it's good for their promoters. I didn't argue otherwise. It's great for the promoters because they don't have to put in – because they don't have to put in any effort. They could put in a, a lack of days ago because you're going to buy the tickets anyway, whether consciously or subconsciously. They don't have to try as hard if you're just going to walk up to the window like a lemming and buy a ticket without knowing what's on the show every single month or whatever it is. So, of course, it's good for pro- – I never argued otherwise. I'm arguing it's bad for the fans. I'm arguing it's bad for the wrestlers. It's bad for the talent. Absolutely bad for the wrestlers. Absolutely horrible for it's the wrestlers. It's bad for the talent, and it's bad for the fans. You're making it easy for the promoter. I don't understand. And, you know, of course Gabe is – of course Gabe Sapolsky is going to come in and jump in. He's a promoter. What do you think he's going to say? And I have to take issue with, with one thing because I asked him a couple of questions, and um, – and, and for the record, he, he mentioned he wanted to come out of the show. We, we tried to get him. We, we, emails went back and forth, but the schedules did not it's, work it's, out it's at all. It's nobody's fault. When he was available, right. we weren't. And when we were available, he wasn't. So they, so just, just so they don't think that we're yeah, – you know. it's, it's, Yeah, so um, it, just, it just couldn't happen. We were recording two different podcasts today. We had certain windows. Uh, he had certain windows when he was available. It just couldn't happen. But um, you know, one thing you – know, well, I asked him a couple questions on Twitter when he jumped in, and you know he went on this long, you know, rah rah ECW speech, which was all well and good. It didn't really answer my question, but it it it, it was all well and good, and you know, uh, you know, people favorited it and everything. But I mean, it didn't really answer my question. But the one thing that bugged me about uh, what he was saying is he was saying that in the ECW days they never gave a card. And but the fans always knew that the ECW arena shows were going to deliver anyway, and they always sold the place out and they did it without a card because they were passionate and they cared about the fans and they cared about delivering. And, you know, Paul Heyman cared about delivering a great product and and ECW always did. And um, that's you know what? I truly believe that Paul Heyman cared about delivering a great product. I do. And I truly believe that most independent promoters care about delivering a great product. Yeah, I really do. But well, as you said, they have to do that sure, because, because then no one will come back. Blind, like me, like I mentioned, I go to those shows blind, but then they had a horrible show and I broke it and I never went right, again. If they get it, burned, it's... you're never going back. So I do. I do. Believe right. it. But what bothered me about what he was saying was there was so much revisionist history in that statement. I went to all of those shows for a two-year period. I was in the building at the ECW Arena for every show between about 1995 and 1997, uh, somewhere thereabouts, for two years. Went to all of them. Didn't miss one. Actually, I missed one, and I'm going to get to that because it's going to help me make my point. Never did they run a blind card in that building. That is revisionist history. This whole idea of Paul Heyman riding in from New York, jotting the card down on a napkin – is myth. It's revisionist history bullshit. And I don't think Gabe, you know, is, is was lying through his teeth. I just think he's he's remembering wrong. I think he remembers the revisionist history, the the fairy tale that has been told over and over and over. Every one of those shows I went to, I knew. Now listen, did Heyman ever have the full eight match card in place? Never. I we never knew the whole card, but we did know special guests that were coming in for the show. Yep. We did know the top two or three matches every single time for the show. Half the time, 
they built for the next show on the previous show. And you already, mm-hmm. you knew the matches before the last show was over that were going to be on the next show. Okay? The commercial bumpers during ECW Hardcore TV in those days constantly flashed who was going to be at the next ECW Arena show. Whether it was uh, in-house talent or special guests. Whether it was Tarzan Goto, Mr. Pogo, Damian666... Uh, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Ben, whoever they were bringing in that month, Terry Gordy, Bam Bam Bigelow, you know, they, they constantly told you on TV who was going to be at the shows. They constantly told you the top two or three matches, some of which were set at the previous show. All the newsletters at the time knew the top two or three matches. Yeah, and that's that's I'm looking right now. I'm looking at the May sixth, uh, 1996 Observer. This is one I picked out at random because I know I didn't go obviously go to the show like you did. And that's the show I was at more than like. Yeah, but reading back and you know this is actually they're talking about house show lineups in Pennsylvania. So I I, I this is just I picked out just a completely random one just to sort of prove a point about ECW. And it says you know in in some upcoming lineups, five ten in Reading, Pennsylvania, Sabu, uh, Sabu versus Damian, Tommy Jr. versus Brian Lee, Falls Count Anywhere, uh, Shane Douglas versus Rob Van Dam, Two Cold Scorpio versus New Jack for the TV title. Chris Jericho versus Mikey Ripwreck, five seventeen in Glen, uh, Glen Olden, Pennsylvania. Yes, spot shows. Yes, uh, Perry Saturn versus New Jack, John Cronus versus Mustafa, Scorpio versus Jericho for the TV title, Junior versus Lee, False Count Anywhere, and Raven versus Whipwreck for the TV title or the uh, uh, ECW title, and Pitbulls versus Dudley. And this is there's three more shows right here they listed throughout the entire month of yes. May. Every, that they were going to run every May show. in various towns and the exact matches and, that and were going to be at those towns cards. and stipulations as and well. And the entire cards for the entire month are in the Observer mm-hmm. for even the spot shows. Total revisionist history. And Gabe may be remembering it wrong. I, I'm sure he wasn't intentionally trying to lie, but he's not remembering properly. The, the ECW, one of the strengths of the ECW TV show was how they built up the angles for the ECW arena matches that were coming up. That was one of the strengths of the show at the time. It's t- it was total revisionist history bullshit. Fuzzy memories. Stuff that's been repeated in WWE DVDs for the last 15 years, which simply isn't true. Paul Heyman always let the customer know. We always knew. I was one of those customers. I drove to all those shows. And my shitty 1989 Firebird with 16 people packed in it. <laughs> Okay. That might be revisionist history. That so might, I, I, I'm going to take it a task. I, I don't on think the there were 16 people in it. <laughs> or that you have friends. I, I, I really, that's revisionist. Right? But, but we knew there was one, and it was you. But that's all right. no, we joking. knew what was going to be on those shows. It was common yeah. knowledge. It was going to be on those shows. It was pushed on television. What was going to be on those shows? And you can watch those shows on the network, and you can tell they say next week. Here's you know. Sure. And the thing about the Taz network, versus, they cut out you know, they cut out all those commercial bumpers. You know the ones I'm talking about. They play a fucking white zombie song or an Iron yeah. Maiden song in the background, and on that black screen, they're flashing through the entire card for the next ECW Arena show. You know what I'm talking about because you watch them. Yeah, absolutely. And they cut that. That's not you don't see it on the network because that, July 15, 1996, Sabu versus Rob Dam in a stretcher match will headline the 8-3 ECW Arena remember, show. This is a month I out. I remember that show vividly, and that so was a, a month, month out, out. We have. Yep, so and that, and by the way, and by the way, I remember the show before. They, they did an angle on the show before to build to that match. Yeah, and we have Tarzan Goto will be working the weekend shows while the Gangsters vs. Samoan Gangster Party will take place on the 7-3 ECW Yeah, but no, nobody knew, though. Nobody knew. It was all, it was all goodwill <laughs> that brought people. So when Tarzan Goto was there, you're like, holy shit, Tarzan Goto. Yeah, like, yeah I'm sure Paul Heyman, of all people, was bringing Tarzan Goto in unadvertised. <laughs> I mean, come on, use your brain. And there's people retweeting and favoriting this like Gabe is sticking it to me. Use your brain. I mean, half of them are 22 years old and don't know their ass from their elbow, so I understand. But it, it, it's all revisionist history. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. Gabe was yeah. Paul Heyman of all people, of all people, was flying people in from Japan unadvertised. <laughs> people were buying tickets blind uh, to watch Mr. Pogo, and he said, "Get lost." It's revisionist history. It simply isn't true. Paul Heyman, of all people, knew how to promote the next show. How pumped were those people when they came to the show and Hayabusa was there? That had to be a hell of a day, right? Yeah, you know what? You know, if you're gonna book, uh, you know, the Mishinoku Pro half the Mishinoku Pro roster, why advertise it? Just let them show up. What the hell? We've got goodwill with the fans. Get lost. It's not true. And let me tell you something else about all these sellouts. I'm not denying that. Listen, I was in those buildings and we were packed. Okay, there was no elbow room. A lot of them sold out. Most of them were, you know, what they would call in Japan, no vacancy, so to speak. Some of them were super no vacancy. Okay. Now there was one show I didn't get into in that time frame because I I have never in my life bought a ticket before a show. I have always walked up to the fucking door and bought my ticket at the door. That's another thing I do. I, I don't buy tickets beforehand. I just don't do it. I don't know why. That's there's no. I don't have a moral stance like with the don't buy tickets before there's a card thing. I just I just always just go to. Basically, I'm a procrastinator, so I don't buy tickets until I get to the show. You're a busy man too. I'm a busy man, and I'm a procrastinator. And I never bought an ECW ticket beforehand. And I never and I got in the building every time. We showed up a little early. We stood in line, and all four of us, or all five of us, or all six of us, whatever the case may be, we all got in the building. So that's more revisionist history that these shows were all sold out ahead of time and you couldn't get in the pool. Well, I always, I always find that funny. Like, like an indie promoter is going to really turn you away. Yeah, exactly. Especially Paul well, Heyman that, is going to say, where, well, the fire code well, is, is well, 860. Well, you know, so I'm unfortunately going to have to turn you guys it's away. It's funny like. that you say that because that's the one story that I'm getting to. The one show that we missed in that time frame, we hit traffic. We got there late. By the time we got there, the first match was already in the ring, and the fire marshal was there, and they were tur- oh, and okay. they were turning people away and not letting them in. The oh. They were trying to let people in the building, but the fire. Heyman was trying to. And, and you <laughs> can probably the now, hold on. You could probably look this up because it was a, it was a story in the newsletters at the time. But the fire, yeah, yeah, sure. The fire marshal finally cracked down, and that's the one show we didn't get into because we got there late. They, uh, they mentioned that in the uh, the um, uh, Rise and Fall of ECW. Yeah, think, so there you go. I think show. That, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember what the name was. I don't uh, either. I don't I'll, remember, but yeah. that's the one show we didn't get into because we got there. Let's late. see if we can find a card for but it. But we, <laughs> but we, I got into every one of those ECW arena shows without buying a ticket beforehand. Nobody bought a ticket before. Very small percentage of people bought tickets. Beforehand. We all stood online on Swanson Street around the fucking corner at the, on the building. We all stood online. There was a pizzeria down the block, and what every little group of people would do is we'd get there early, and then one guy would go buy a pizza, and you'd sit there and you'd eat pizza, and New Jack would come out and fuck with everybody. It was the same thing every show, and everyone would just buy a sh- buy the ticket when they got there. And we all knew the lineup for the most part. We knew who was going to be there. We didn't know the entire card, but we knew what the main event was. We knew what the top three or four matches were. We knew all the special guests that were going to be there. So Gabe was just blowing smoke last night. None of that's true. That's all myth. That's all myth. And there's plenty of promoters today that give you a full card. Inspire Pro Wrestling out of Austin. Yep. Two days after one show is over, the show poster for the next show is up, and then, they're, then they offer their tickets. With the full card and the full poster and the full lineup. Pro Wrestling, and if you think it's just because I'm his buddy that I'm bringing him up, Pro Wrestling Syndicate, who we've had very public issues with, with Pat Buck. No problems anymore. We, it's all been ironed over. We have no problems with Pat Buck now, but clearly there were issues a couple months ago between this show and Pat Buck. He has the next two shows. Go on his website right now, and you'll see the full lineup for the next two shows. He never asks for a dollar before the full lineup is up. 
He asks for money for other things that we'll talk about in a little while. <laughs> but he never asks for your money before you know what the lineup is. People were bringing up PWG and saying, well, PWG. Yeah, we have until, yeah, we have a full card for the uh, uh, October 31st and the and September, September 20th. 20th. P- yep. PWS, two shows before he asks for a dime. It's yeah, we got Luke, Luke Hawks versus Mario, uh, as you mentioned, yeah. Impact Players versus the Reynolds Brothers. Yeah, we got the Halloween show oh. and the 920 show. Yep. Inspire Pro always does that. PWG, people kept bringing up PWG for doing blind ticket sales, but then someone clued me in and said they don't do that. They only do that once a year for Mystery Vortex, and it's a gimmick show. It's literally called Mystery so Vortex I'm, for a reason. So yeah. I'm okay with that because that's the gimmick. You know what you're getting into when you buy the ticket to Mystery Vortex because the gimmick is you don't know. So I don't have a problem with that. But otherwise, PWG will not sell you a ticket until they announce a lineup. So thumbs up to them. Thumbs up to any promoter out there who does business the right way and doesn't attempt to take money from fans before they announce a lineup. That is business ethics and doing things the right way and not asking for money from fans before you've given them anything to give you money for. That's rude. I find it rude. And I, and, and I find it downright disrespectful that promoters ask me for money before they show me what I'm going to get. Show me something. You don't have to give me the whole 12-match card, but tell me who's going to be there. Give me the main event. Give me two or three matches. Give me something before you ask for my money so I can determine whether you are worthy of my hard-earned money, whether you're worthy of me being a customer. And I'll spend money. Like I said, not a lot of people spend more money on wrestling than I do. Believe me. I order all kinds of – listen, I don't have to go down the list. You know the money I spend on wrestling. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay? These checks, the Voices of Wrestling checks are – Absolutely, man. The residuals are pouring in. (laughs) I spend a ton of money on wrestling. So, you know, there's plenty of promoters out there who do earn my money. I'm not not one of these – I'm not trying to be uppity here and saying I don't spend – I pay for the WWE Network. I know what I'm going to get. They told me what was – if if they rolled out WWE Network and didn't say what was on it, I wouldn't have fucking bought the thing. What am I, retarded? No, they told me every pay-per-view was going to be on there. They told me all the old pay-per-views were going to be on there. And you knew what the content was going to be at rollout. So I looked at it and said, all right, that's worth my $9.99. Could you imagine if, if they rolled out the WWE Network and said, it's going to be $9.99 a month, and when we turn the thing on, you'll see what's on it. That's what these wrestling promoters are doing to you, and you're buying mm-hmm. the tickets. I mean, famously, the because the, people mentioned a, uh, some WWE stuff. I mean, famously, the December to Dismember one was, was, it was famously lauded for only having two matches announced. Two. And that was not, I mean, people will still bring that up as like the worst promoted pay per view of all time. And, and, and it, can you imagine? Can you imagine WWE just saying, yeah, Battlegrounds this weekend? What's on there? Ah, just buy it. Well, I mean, WWE does we'll do give that. You something they good. put their tickets on sale all the time without telling people. Well, I meant, I meant from a pay-per-view yeah, and from a pay-per-view buying view, standpoint, right, though. I mean, buy. people are, are bringing them up, but, I mean, they wouldn't even fathom doing that yeah, I know, on a big exactly. Level. Ah, yeah, we've got Goodwill. Just buy it. Trust us. It'll be good. Yeah. I mean, that's what you're letting these guys do. And listen, yeah. I understand there's people out there who are fans of promotions, and they're loyal to certain promotions. and they, sure. and they might, I'm guilty of it and as well. And they might yeah. be getting insulted by what I'm saying, but look, I'm defending you. I'm defending you guys. I'm defending the fans here and the talent to some extent. Because I'll tell you what, I don't know what this has to do with anything, but one of these promotions that kept getting thrown in my face yesterday on Twitter, one of these promotions, I'm not going to say which one, and you'll find out why in a minute, but one of these promotions that kept getting thrown in my face for how they put tickets on sale blind and I buy them every time and they never let me down. I've spoken to more than one wrestler 
who's gone to those shows to work and were offered $0 to work the show. And listen, if you think I'm full of shit, fine. I don't care what you think. That's fine. Because I'm not going to say the promotion, obviously, and I'm not going to say who the wrestlers are, obviously. So if you don't believe me, I understand why, and I, that's fine. But if, if I've built up any goodwill with the listeners, <laughs> you know that I don't just throw shit out there. More than one wrestler has told me that this promotion offered them $0 to work on their show. And this is a promotion that the fans are throwing in my face for having such tremendous, just tremendous promoters who always deliver. Yeah, they don't pay the talent. I mean, think about it. I'm not, I'm not saying that those things may or may not be related. I, I don't know. All I know is if, if you're selling out a building before they announce a singular piece of talent, you're hurting the talent. You just are. It's common sense. Mm-hmm. No matter what, I would not, you know, and, 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 and the promoters can say otherwise. And Gabe can tell me that I'm an idiot that doesn't know anything about the business and every promoter would be out of business if that was the case. But, I mean, it's just – it is what it is. I mean, Gabe is a promoter. That's what he's going to say. And Gabe is and, – and Gabe, maybe he doesn't do those things. I don't have any problem with Gabe. You know, you know he's, he's not the guy that offered zero dollars. I'll tell you who it is off the air, Rich. I'm going to pull the Dave Meltzer, Brian Alvarez move. <laughs> I'll tell you off the air because I don't think I even told you this story. No, I don't believe so. So, I mean, you know, how do I type on this Skype gimmick? So you, so you can confirm whether, oh, it's easy there. whether this was one of those promotions that was being thrown in my face. I'm pretty sure it was. All right, I'm going I'm uh, yeah, right, to – There's a little chat button. It's an IM button. I think it's up there. there. Hold on. There's the promotion. Did someone throw that promotion in my face on Twitter? Let's see. It's loading. Oh, here we go. Yep. Didn't, they did, right? Yep. I know for a fact that that promotion offered more than one piece of talent, zero dollars mm-hmm. to work their shell. And when the talent said, what are you nuts? They said, well, we're big time. You get a, you're getting paid with exposure. Oh, what about that huge advance you got from before you announced a singular piece of talent on the show? So there you go. I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm being an advocate for the fans here, and it was the fans that attacked me. So you know what? Keep buying tickets blind. Go ahead. But then when the next King of Trios incident happens, you can't cry about it. And to G. Davis 38's credit, whoever he is on the Observer Board, he said, I don't expect any sympathy because I bought these tickets blind. I get what I – I think he's the same person that said that you were being an idiot later. I think today he, he – I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's Gregory Davis on, on Twitter, and I think he uh... – was he one of the guys attacking me on Twitter? I, I think uh, – what did he say earlier yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sticking up for the G. Davis 38s of the world here. Yeah, I'm sticking up for them. Uh, he says, uh, I paid for a full year of AEW Pro Berwin shows in advance. Never once did I feel like I didn't get my money's worth, and that's the same company that I, I mentioned I go to. Uh, he said, but I'm dopey. Get real. Unless you want it to be indie only, talk about WWE TV too. Most weeks there are no matches Hey, announced. man, I, I've been talking about WWE when it comes to this issue from day one. Did, WWE is what started one of these rants the last time I talked on this yeah. topic. Because of how I said I won't go to their house shows because I don't know who's going to be on them. It, it stands for everybody. If New Japan offered an iPay-Per-View with no lineup, I wouldn't buy it until there was a lineup. It stands for any company. Those easy- well, and, and I can talk from a personal standpoint as well, and, and, and it's AEW. I'll, I'll mention it you know, point blank is I, I know a guy who's worked there, and I've mentioned before that they'll release cards a little bit. I mean, they'll put maybe two or three matches up there. They'll say who's signed to appear. At least they're telling you who's going to be there before. So I'm okay with that. But there'll be guys who are driving to the show, and I'll say, hey, who are you fighting? Or, you know, who are you wrestling? And he'll be, I, I don't know. Yeah. 
And that's lazy for them because this guy is driving to the show. And it turned out that he was in a match that was pretty unique that I'm sure he would have liked to say, you know what, look, if I would have had two days notice, that would have been a lot better to know. You know what I mean? Because I was in a unique match that I probably could have really made something really special, really built something nice. But I only had, you know, an hour's notice to know who I'm fighting. Or, you know, that's and that's you have to think of the talent. I mean, the talent, that's a huge thing for them. And I think you, you continue to bring this up, this point up. And I'd like to see what people think about this. And, and maybe even if there's talent that, that can talk about this as well of. If you don't, if you're not an important part of that of that brand and then the brand, you just buy because the brand loyalty, no matter what. Those guys are interchangeable. It's a slippery slope. As you're saying, yeah, companies right now don't care and they're just going to kind of, no matter what, still put up pretty good shows, regardless. But you can come to a situation, shit, Chakar is there, where they're not giving you good shows anymore. They're point blank. I mean, let, let's not dance around it anymore. They're not giving you good shows anymore. And Rich's been to them, so he's speaking. From I've experience. been to them, and the reports. I mean, I'm I'm one, but you can read those reports. Those Quebec shows that they mentioned were were horrendous. Those ones a few weeks ago, those are horrendous shows. So you're getting to a point now where you're not getting good shows anymore. And the talent's not getting paid any near, anywhere near what they're probably worth. Because they're not an important part. They're not a key cog in that, that relationship anymore. And especially a, mac, you know, a masked organization like Chikara, that's a very slippery slope where they can just go, look, it doesn't matter who we say Fire Ant is. If people just want to see Fire Ant, we can have... You know, Quack can go out there and him and his two of his buddies can do half the card if they really now, want to. It, well, I see the point you're making. I don't think you could pull it off with like Fire Ant or Silver Ant, but you could pull it off with any of those other cartoon characters. Well, I'm just saying, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You, but I get the point you're making. The, your point stands. So, you know, it's 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 just a slippery slope. I think it, it's absolutely to, yeah. a slippery slope to give these guys to give wrestling promoters. We're not talking about. Uh, the most upstanding class of citizen here. Uh, you know, they're not all bad people, but they're wrestling promoters. You have to remember that. Y you're going to give them, y you know, un you're going to give them this sort of undying loyalty, this trust. You guys are nuts. I'm sorry, but you guys are nuts. And I'm friends with wrestling promoters, and I'm calling you nuts. And they saw all my tweets. No, one of them actually favorited, which I thought was the most hilarious yeah, thing. You're like, wrestling pros are carny assholes. And he's like, yep. Yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> I agree. I some of these people, but they understand where I'm coming from, and they understand that uh, <laughs> it, 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 it is what it is. I mean, they, they can't – it's hard for them to defend their ilk with the long history that wrestling promoters have in this industry. You're placing a lot of faith in wrestling. But look, you guys do what you want, okay? I'm trying to help the fans. This is the Joe Lanza crusade. And I am gonna, I am gonna, I am gonna stay on this crusade. I am gonna mention it every time I see it, and I'm not gonna let up. This is my new crusade. Promoters who don't respect the fans, who have zero respect for the fans, and expect them to buy tickets blind. This is my new personal crusade, and I'm calling out every promoter who does it, whether I know them, whether I'm friends with them, whether they're enemies, whether they're. I don't care. I'm calling you out. You're all on notice. I'm calling them out. This is my new crusade. It shouldn't be done. It's a lack of respect, and it has to stop. It, it's a lack of respect, and the fans are letting them get away with it. And it's bullshit. They don't respect you when they do that. They do not respect you when they do that. Of course, they're going to they're gonna give their rah-rah speeches, and they're going to talk about goodwill. And we, of course, it's a great deal for them. It's an awesome deal for them when they can sell tickets without announcing anything because it makes their job a lot easier. How can you fail to see that? And people were bringing up the movie uh, anal uh, you know, analogy as well, which is like because you, you've seen trailers, you've seen. I mean, you don't buy a ticket to a movie here's, unless here's you've the, probably the, seen the posters, seen trailers, seen something. I mean, here's where the right. movie analogy fails. Uh, immediately, you mean? <laughs> here's where it fails. You go to see Iron Man with Robert Downey Jr. Right? 
the Iron Man gimmick. Yep. You like the Iron Man. This was a great movie. I cannot wait for Iron Man 2, right? Because you loved Iron Man. You haven't bought a ticket to Iron they, Man 2. Uh, hold on. They announced, okay. they announced Iron Man 2 is coming out, okay? It's coming out in six months, but tickets are going on sale today. But we're not telling you the cast. We're not telling you the director. We're not showing you any trailers. But it's coming out. Iron Man 2 comes out on this date six months from now in this theater. Tickets are on sale. You say to yourself, hey, the Iron Man brand has built up goodwill with me. I'm buying this ticket. I'm, I'm going to like this movie. You buy the ticket. You go to see Iron Man 2 with no other information. You walk in. You find out that Corey Feldman is now playing the lead. You find out that it's a B movie. You find out that the director is shit. You find out that it's, it's like the, the, the 1994 Fantastic Four, uh, one of the famous that's what they, flops in movie history. Yeah, Right. When the trailers finally come out, you find out all this information, but you already bought the ticket. That's what this King of Trios was. This is, you know, this is Corey Feldman. This is the Corey Feldman King of Trios. <laughs> that's what this is. This is this is Corey Feldman starring in King of Trios. This is what they did. It's it's equivalent to bait and switch. It's not really a bait and switch because they didn't offer something and then take it away and give you something else. But the implication was there that it was going to be something better than this. And the unrest among the fans is the proof. And I gave you the anecdotes at the beginning of this thing an hour ago. Yep. And if you, if you don't believe me, for the people who are saying that I'm making it up and it's just me that doesn't bullshit. Hardcore Chikara fans are upset with this thing. Because they were given a level of expectation that wasn't met. And it's dirty. And it has to stop. And it starts with fans buying tickets blind. That's where all of this bullshit starts. So you know what? Go out and do it. G. Davis 30, whoever. You know, go buy your tickets blind. You want to tell me I'm wrong? Go ahead. But the next time you get burned, you can't cry about it. Just like he said in that post, you, I'm not looking for sympathy. Well, you can't get any sympathy. You're right about that because you knew what you were getting into. They had that goodwill. You had that faith. You had that brand loyalty, and you got burned. Yeah, and that's powerful too. I think that's really – and I mentioned too. It's dangerous. It's The Ring of Honor thing is is to me is very – in my mind, it's really vivid. Is that once we broke that habit, and we talked about it at the top of the show with the NFL. It's, it's actually worked out even more perfect than I thought it would where we talked about the NFL where eventually something happened where I just went out on a weekend and didn't watch the football, and I said, ha, that was pretty good. You know what? Screw it. The Bears suck every year. I don't care. I've, and you're done. And that's that happened with Ring of Honor with me as well. They and they've they've since gotten me back. And I've thought about going to shows, but I wait until the card comes out and then I decide from there. But it once once they damage you and and we see. I mean, I think the Chikar one one and then a lot of the, it, the the outrage over the show is that yeah, people have built in expectations with stuff where if you burn them and especially if you burn them for the hard earned money, that hurts a lot. And that's it's dangerous for promoters too. It really yeah, is. I don't think movie comparisons work. I don't think sports comparisons work. I think it's a unique thing with wrestling shows. A good comparison is UFC, and they're going through a lot of the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's it's it's, it's you know they were selling out a lot of their shows blind as well uh, years ago when they were hot. But you know, a lot of that's going away now too. Not anymore. No. <laughs> you know, you saw the last show where Dave got where where Dana White and had his little thing with Dave where the where the where the uh, the pre-sales were really bad for the last, you know that's a better comparison that look you know the look where brand loyalty got the UFC fans as the product has continued to decline and become less interesting it's it's brand loyalty is a very dangerous thing to hand promoters to hand them blind brand loyalty like that opens you up for opens the customer up to tons of abuse and it opens the ta- and it opens it up to abuse a talent 
And that doesn't mean they're all going to do that. It doesn't mean that there's not promoters who are still going to bust their ass to give you a great product. But subconsciously, they don't have to work as hard as if they did, is if they were relying on the card to sell the tickets. And that's it. Yeah. And, and to me, that's an inarguable point. And I will debate anybody who wants to come on and, and debate that. I don't know what the point is of debating it because I'm not going to – to me, it's inarguable. It's inarguable. But go ahead. Keep buying your blind tickets. I, I will never do it. I never have and I never will. I'm not handing someone money without knowing what I'm getting. So I, I, I don't know. It's, it's Like I said, though, it was a very small minority. Most of the people, yeah. most of the people agreed with what I was saying. You know, it, it just is some people – you know, they, they don't have a problem with it. Well, then go ahead and get burned. I don't know. Now I'm starting to repeat myself, so we could just – Yep, so let's I, move I, on. I'm yeah, just, and now so. I'm, I'm fucking disgusted too. This whole thing disgusting <laughs> because you know, I'm, I'm standing up for people, and they're, and they're throwing it in my yeah, – I, listen, Joel Lanz is trying to do the right thing here. Joel Lanz is a man of the people, Rich. And, and well, people get, people get mad when this point gets brought up, but I think it's it, – it, if it was any other company, we'd it'd be okay to pile onto them. But there's a certain – this isn't a Chikara thing. I, and the, oh, I agree, but no, I'm, I'm saying, though. back it's, in our archives. I've, I've been on this topic. No, I agree. I'm just saying, though, people, people are jumping on it now for a big reason. Why? Because you've, you've – well, th th that's my point yeah. is you've made the same complaint for years now, but nobody's cared about it, and it's not been a big deal. But now you've sort of – Well, Chikara respurned it because they just, they just proved my point. Chikara just right, proved but, the point I've been making all, the, all this time. You know, And if Chikara fans don't like it, I don't care. You know, I, it's – like I said, if fans of any promotions don't, it doesn't matter if they always deliver. It's I don't know. I'm just repeating myself now. People, yeah, no, people either get it or they don't. They either get it or they don't. <laughs> you know, and it, at at some point when when whatever insert your favorite promotion here doesn't deliver and they burn you, then you can come tell me I was right. Hey, listen, because Joanne, look, I'm looking out for you. I'm looking out for the fan because I am a fan. I'm one of you. I'm trying to help you here. I'm a man of people, Rich. I don't want to see people uh, lose $225 paying for these shit Chikara shows, sight unseen. Makes me sick. People getting on airplanes to go to these shows? This was intentionally deceptive to the fans. We shouldn't st just sit back and take this. Who the fuck is this guy? He shuts his company down for a year because he's going broke, and then he comes back and rips off the fans. It's a joke. This guy's a joke. Yeah, but they have cool masks, too. Well, it's, it's, it's ridiculous <laughs> how people put up with this guy. It's become crystal clear why they shut down. It's ridiculous. And now he's going to intentionally deceive the fans like this, and, they're, and, they're, and, and his fans are going to let him get away with it. At least some of his fans are. Speak with your wallets. Don't let, and, and speak with your wallets, and don't go to these damn shows until they tell you what's going to be on them, especially Chikara now. And if you haven't learned your lesson with Chikara, let me tell you something. If you're listening to this right now and you haven't learned your lesson with Chikara and you're going to go out and buy a blind Chikara ticket, you're stupid. You're just, you're just, you're just stupid. There's no other explanation. If, if, after, if after this these fucking shenanigans that this guy pulled, if you're still buying blind Chikara tickets, there's something wrong with your brain. And it's disgusting that he's getting away with it. Let his ass go out of business. And just, and just for the record, we did actually have uh, Gabe Spolsky email us just as we were recording this and said that he had a few minutes to come on. But at this point, I mean, he only had a few minutes. I, I don't think this is a topic that I would love to have him on for a good, His, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. Really discuss this time. If we want to do it justice and not just have him sort of say a few things, we not have a chance to say our point and then him kind of leave. You know, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm not comfortable with that. He emailed us literally. As I was, like, yeah. as I was at the end of my final Chikara rant, there, 
and said he had 10 minutes to give us. But I mean, uh, my steam is out of the thing and 10 minutes, just, we're not going to get anywhere in 10 minutes. Um, so we're just not, we're going to try to do it another time when there's, yeah, so we apologize, when, there, but... when there's a, when he can, when he can sit down for an hour and do it, we're going to try to set something up instead of putting him on for 10 minutes after we've already exhausted the topic. Sure, yeah. It's, um, it's going to be weird. Yeah. So. We took a break after and spliced this back together. And it's just going to be weird now because I've already said what I had to say. And Rich yeah, said what we've he already had talked to say, about it for an hour. So let's start again. <laughs> letting him come on for 10 minutes. I mean, I, I the steam is out of the. the... Well, well, I'm, I'm not going to drop it, though. I'm going to talk to him a little bit and we're going to try to figure out a yeah, time. We'd like to get him on to talk. We're not about avoiding it. I want to get him on for longer. Right. I don't want full disclosure time. here. We don't even have to tell you that he emailed us, but he just emailed us. So we're going to try to get him on another time for a proper uh, conversation about it. So that's what we're going to try to do. We're not going to bring them so, off for 10 minutes. It's not that we're not avoiding, but we want to, yeah, we want to get, I want more time than 10 minutes. That's, to me, that's nothing. That's, that's garbage. That's a spot real quick. That's so. not fair to him or us, 10 minutes. No, absolutely. No one's going to get their argument. And we already out. talked about it. So I really don't <laughs> want to rehash everything that I just said, and nobody wants to listen to that either. So, so soon, hopefully. So I'll let you update on that. So let me get to Ring of Honor. Stay on the American Indies because I don't think we have too much of you stuff right now. Let's do Ring of Honor real quick. Uh, I watched the show. You did not. This was the IPA review from last night, the All-Star Extravaganza 6 from Toronto. A lot of news coming out of it, but uh, overall, a very good show. So I will uh, – do you want me to go match by match and kind of give you a, a quick little rundown? Yeah, I mean you saw the show, so uh, yeah. why don't you go ahead. The floor is yours. Tell me what you thought. All right, absolutely. Well, it started off with um, – Surprisingly, Truth Martini came out and the House of Truth came out um, and they announced that ACH was not there in Toronto. Uh, I actually knew the story a little bit before I watched the show. So I kind of what they basically did is they said, you know, ACH is, you know, at, at eight o'clock, he emailed the company and said he wasn't gonna be able to show up today. He, you know, he didn't make his plane. I, I forgot exactly what he said. But knowing what the story was ahead of time, I knew that that was all legit, that he legit did not make his plane. He was – you've had some reports or some different things. It was kind of rumors of how – if he intentionally missed or if he, you know, no, no, whatever. no, no, no. I – okay. Let me – he didn't – If you want. I, I don't know if you want. I, I talked to some people about it. He missed his flight. That's the bottom. Right. That, that's, he didn't intentionally – he didn't quit. No, 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 no. He missed he, his flight. He, yeah. he, he missed his flight. Um, he didn't make it to the airport for you know whatever reason, and he missed his flight. So – is that what they said on the pay-per-view? That he they did. They said uh, it, it, uh, essentially what Truth uh, said was at 8.30 he emailed and said he wasn't going to be here. And they said, well, you know, he clearly doesn't have the same level of, you know, devotion and, you know, he's all a lie. And they said ACH stands for a crackhead, which was interesting. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But, no, it was uh, it was a very – the point, knowing yeah, the point, it was uncomfortable. Yeah, the I point here is it was, was not a, 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 a happy go. It was a burial. Yeah. It was. It wasn't a heel getting heel heat. It was a company representative going out there and saying, "Fuck you for missing this show that, that we promoted you for," and that you know, more to our point, that we promoted a TV title match for months out and you didn't show up, and now we have to change the match. So and the baby faces didn't really go out of their way to defend them like the announcers. No, the announcers rolled their eyes and said, well, some people are committed and some people aren't is right. essentially. And, what and they then said. Uh, so, I believe Dave Meltzer said later that they are considering dropping him. Yes. Did so he, did he, that, I he, didn't, he, I didn't hear it. He, he, I don't know if he necessarily said that, but he said, it's going to be, it's going to be thorny or that, that, that he wouldn't be surprised if something okay, more okay. came. So he didn't so directly say, he didn't say that ring of honor is thinking of firing him, but they, he sort of said that they're not, entirely happy about right. it and and this this opening angle 
was not a heel getting heel heat. It it worked that way because Cedric Alexander came out and they, he got the title shot in, in lieu of ACH. But the initial promo was less Truth Martini being a heel and more Truth Martini saying what you know, Delirious or whoever you know told him to say. So well, I've been I've been sniffing around trying to get some more information, um, but um, <laughs> nobody's talking to me. So there's definitely it's it's whatever it is. It's not good, and uh, as as could be judged by the way it was treated on air. But uh, all I know at this point is that that story is 100% true. The reason he wasn't there is because he never got on the plane. Yeah, so that that's not just heel. He he legit did not get there. So anyway, after that we so we have Cedric Alexander and uh, Jay Lethal in a TV match later um, in the night. So uh, opener was Mark Briscoe versus Hanson. Pretty solid match. Hanson was impressive here, and this is his first singles match now without Ray Rowe, obviously who got in a motorcycle accident, and so now he's gonna be out for a few months. But Briscoe looked okay. Hanson looked fine. It was it was just there. It was a decent opener. That's about all I can say. Um, next match, uh, we had, well, Ciampa came out. Um, he had some issues last um, last week in Chicago, actually. He attacked the announcer, or the ring announcer, Bobby Cruz. Um, this was just asking to leave. He's sort of doing a renegade thing. He came in through the crowd, and so he's like, you know, he's been banned or suspended, so he's kind of this renegade that's kind of coming out at random points to do stuff. He, this would play into the, the end of the show as well, but um, so that was kind of the next segment. Uh, the next show was a, or the next match, rather, was a uh, four-way uh, tag match. It was Moose and Artie Evans versus Ethan Gabriel Owens, who if, uh, is Ethan Page, if you're not familiar he's trying to get around his visa issues because for a while if you're familiar he was going by you know all ego like hashtag all ego is how they had to promote him anywhere in america (laughs) because his is just a mess i don't know exactly what it is but anyway that's his new name is ethan gabriel owens which by the way is ego in case you didn't uh, get that so he teamed with josh alexander to face uh adam page and bj whitmer and caprice coleman and watanabe and speaking of visa issues we have more on that in a little while oh yes much much so how is that that match Uh, that match was pretty solid. It was um, it, it all pretty much built. It, it, it was kind of a spotty fest. Uh, 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 Owens or, or Paige rather, and Alexander looked really good in it. And they, they they're a team that I, I would love to see more in Ring of Honor. I hope they become regulars. But uh, it, it all built to Moose doing a flip over the top rope onto like the whole pile of people, and, and the whole match was geared to get him super over. And it, it, it did. The people were way into him, and he's still super green and and, and doesn't really have a lot of the, the the facials and selling and that sort of stuff. He's still not on, but he gets he gets the crowd behind him pretty easily and, and they're and they're ambitious they, they want to be behind them too which i thought was a pretty interesting thing so rd evans sort of played up um his you know streak obviously he he rolled him up he rolled up uh owens to to keep his streak alive but this match was entirely about moose getting over and and they did a good job watson was in the ring for like two minutes and did nothing so <laughs> if you're hoping for any sort of progress on him he did not do too much so our uh, next match was uh daniels and kazarian who are going um I forgot what the hell is their new name. The Addiction is their new name. Yeah, uh, Daniels Kazarian versus uh, the decades Roderick Strong and Jimmy Jacobs, and the uh, the Addiction one. Daniels and Kazarian. This was okay. Um, Daniels is starting to really show his age, I think. Uh, Kazarian looked pretty solid though, but this was just okay. I mean, it's it's a match with Roderick Strong and Jimmy. Did you Jacobs. say Christopher Daniels was showing his age? If I, I think it's finally starting to get there. Interesting. He's Kazarian definitely is 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 outperforming him. In, in the recent things I've seen. That could just be Daniels. Just He could be hurt. I don't know. I mean, Daniels, I still love him. I th- still think he does a really good job. And, and when I'm saying that Kazarian outperforms him, that's on a context of Kazarian being really good as well. You know what I'm saying? So it's I, I don't know if Daniels is really... But I, he's just... He's less... He's less fluid than he has been in previous years. So I don't know what that is. I mean, the dude's like, what, 45 at this point? So, so Rich thinks... That's okay. So you're basically saying Christopher Daniels is old and washed up. Got it. I, <laughs> you can tell I, him I, I <laughs> 
No, he looks he, he looks fine, but it's it's less of what you were getting for the pre- previous years, and that's fair. I mean, it, it, at some point it was going to have to come. So, the who's, been so who's writing the Ring of Honor review? You is is the title going to be Ring of Honor All Star Extravaganza? <laughs> Christopher Daniels, old and washed up. Is that going to be? Yes, the, it's already out there. Yeah, you can, uh, voicesofwrestling.com. You can read it. Now Warren Taylor did our report. Warren Taylor is it up? So, it is up. Yep. Right, so it if, live if you don't, if you don't yeah. like Rich's opinions, go read Warren Taylor's review. <laughs> there you go. Uh, next match was an awesome one. AJ Styles versus Adam Cole. They had a uh, promo video before that was really good. And Adam Cole has a new serious side to him. He's just, you know, I, I, I need to prove myself. This sort of stuff. Really, really good match. Some people put it as a potential match of the year. I think Warren gave it uh, four and three quarters stars. Uh, people on Twitter, when I sort of said... It's not a match of the year contender, but it was the best match of the night. People said, no, it's absolutely a match of the year contender. Really good if you're into these two. There was a few botches that were sort of noticeable, but I thought the sell job by uh, AJ Styles the entire match was really good. He sort of sold his knee, which I sort of texted you as well before this was happening. AJ looks like he's not in the best shape right now. He looks like he's hurting. I don't know if he's just doing a really good sell job, but before they even started working the knee, he was he was touching his knee and, and sort of bending it and and kind of punching it and getting some juice out of it. But no, I, I think he's... Sure he wasn't just selling. I This is before they even started selling the knee. I, he could have been. If either he's a really good seller or, I mean, so he they did a move that... So but what you're saying is they weren't working the knee yet and it looked like he was favoring What happened was is he did a move. He did, I forgot exactly what move it was, but it was not a knee, a, a move. it was an offensive move that AJ Styles did. And he landed and then started bending his knee and went, fuck, and, you know, started kind of hitting it a little bit. And then suddenly in the next two minutes, all of a sudden Cole started working on his knee. Like crazy. Okay, so it, that could just be sell. I, I, it, so it I, I been, don't know, it, but it didn't look so like that. So it, yeah. it could have been part of the match structure, or it could have been an audible to make it part of the match structure, or uh, what you theorized to me last night privately was that maybe he's he's hurting, and that's why New J- why he's in tag matches in New Japan as opposed to big singles matches at the end mm-hmm. of the month. I thought he was a step slower at the beginning of this match too, and I thought he th- there was a reason why they put him in the sort of babyface selling the entire time mode for this match because he didn't do a ton of spectacular stuff he still did some stuff but yeah i don't know i could be completely wrong he's just a really good you know job at selling but he he seemed a step slow to me but yeah i think that uh I, i'm looking forward to seeing this now uh it's really good it's, it's awesome it. yeah and to see what's going on with this. yeah see, see what you see i mean I, unfortunately now i put kind of put it in your mind so you're probably gonna look uh, for yeah it you know ring of, pretty early but 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 see how it works ring of yeah, honor, see ring of honor all-star extravaganza christopher daniels and aj styles old and washed up <laughs> right. going to be your headline jeez yeah you're ruthless i'm supposed to be the heel on this show you're, i know well, you're pretty ruthless i just said it was a great match i said they're both good matches. see you know what i don't understand here's something i don't understand i st- i'm an advocate for the fans i stand mm-hmm. up for the fans i care about the fans you think all these wrestlers are old and washed up, but I'm the, he- right. I'm the and heel I, yeah. and, and you're the baby face. You're like Teflon. You know, everyone thinks Rich is this nice guy. Meanwhile, all I do is stand up for the fans and, you know, I'm, I'm labeled the heel. It really doesn't make much sense. What was the next match? All right. Next match. Uh, well, actually, there was a segment here where Maria uh, Canales came out with Michael Bennett and said that Matt is returning to ROH. And everybody went, nuts. oh, Matt Hardy is returning to ROH. Um, I don't know if that's Matt Hardy or Matt Taven or it could be Matt Seidel as well, but... Well, well, it remains to be seen, but everybody's sort of reporting Matt Hardy. I think you might want to wait on that real quick. Maybe because... Matt Classic. Yes, exactly. It could be. Well, <laughs> man, you know what? Yeah, Cornette's gone. It could be Matt Classic. You're right. <laughs> you never know. It's not completely out of the realm of possibility that that would be Matt Classic. But no, um, be, everybody kind of jumping. It was Matty in the house ever in Ring of Honor? I'd like to see a return of him. He's really impressed me on this WWE Network for nine ninety nine on the old ECW episodes. Maddie in the house. Maddie in the house. Who was Maddie in the he house? He's the only the hype man that they had in 93, 94. Oh, he was gone by ninety five. You know, 
Oh god! Yeah. Sorry, sorry, not, not sorry. You know, Maddie in the house. Is his real name Matt Demet? I have no idea. I look at I, I, you know it, who knows. Let me tell you something. You know who who oddly has a connection to Maddie in the house. Another another person who originally is from Jersey who is affiliated with Voices of Wrestling, Larry the mysterious Larry, our PWG reviewer and our uh, Sunny on Skype harasser, Larry's brother. <laughs> Larry's brother, who he used to go to the ECW arena shows with, ironically enough, I didn't know Larry at the time, but I'm sure we crossed paths and didn't even know it. Larry's brother was friends with Maddie in the house in high school. So there's a connection there. I would love to get Maddie in the house on the Voices of Wrestling podcast. That'd be great. I mean, he would probably have some great old ECW stories as we do on-air production in the middle of a Ring of Honor review. <laughs> but I would love to get Maddie in the house. Wait right here. Let me email him. Matt, <laughs> Maddie in the house. I tell you, he's, you know, I found him annoying at the time, but in hindsight, 20 years later, I dig those Maddie in the house spots. Hopefully he's coming back to Ring of Honor. Go ahead. We'll see. You may continue. Yeah. There's a Matt that is coming back, but let's not go insane and think it's Matt Hardy uh, just yet. So then uh, next match was Jay Lethal versus Cedric Alexander for the TV title. This was awesome. Cedric, what are your thoughts on Cedric Alexander? Uh, I think he's good. Still 25 years old. He, in like this that match particularly. deep analysis, Rich. Yeah, good. No, well, here's the <laughs> thing. I think he's good. The thing is, I sometimes he bores me, uh, but sometimes he's great. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think he's good. I don't know. Uh, and this match was a little bit of both. I, I, I went through periods where I said, wow, this guy is the best thing ever. And then there was a period where I was like, eh, he's kind of, you know, he had something and then he kind of lost it in this match. And then he got it back and then he had it and he lost it. He's still, he's still super young. But I think this match in particular really stood out to me that, like, look, this is a guy they could really do something with if they really want to. So, yeah, this was a really good match. This, this one I enjoyed a lot. So, um, Lethal looked good. Uh, Alexander looked good. It was a nice little back and forth, a lot of near falls, all that sort of stuff. But uh, Jay Lethal pulled it out. Uh, yeah, Jay, uh, Jay Briscoe versus Michael Elgin. This was a surprise. There was a new Ring of Honor world champion. Uh, Michael Elgin was defeated by Jay Briscoe. And uh, do you want to get into that story right now before I finish the review? Well, I'll say this. I want to go back to that Cedric Alexander-Jay Lethal match. I'm looking forward to seeing that. But the, I was very disappointed that uh, ACH missed the flight because I think ACH and Jay Lethal have unbelievable chemistry. To oh, and they've, and they've been building that match up for weeks Yeah, they had a great too. television so match. They had a- that's a big reason why they're pissed off yeah. is because they had really bet that this was going to be a, a – a, yeah, it was it was still a good match, but no, Jay Lethal and ACH would have been a great they had a, thousand yeah, times they had a great house show match in San Antonio. They had a great television match a couple of weeks ago, and this one would have been they just have some guys just have great chemistry together. And uh, unfortunately ACH and from everything I'm hearing so far, I mean this is just straight up ACH's fault that he didn't end up on that plane. Uh, and listen, he's been on this show a couple of times and some people listening know that, you know, I really like the guy, but this from what I'm hearing so far Mm-hmm. At 8.51 p.m. Central, when we're recording this on Sunday night, it really was just his fault, and it's it's it doesn't sound good. But uh, no. I'm disappointed that didn't happen, but I'm looking forward to Cedric Alexander, especially after the review you just gave it. And uh, Elgin, uh, Michael Elgin losing to uh, Jay Briscoe, well, I will say that we had a uh, – I guess we should just get into the story right now. Yeah, uh, let's do it. And, and, and I'll tell you, we had a uh, – you know um, – so, well, Mike Johnson uh, did some uh, put out some things today about this as well, correct? Yeah, I, re- I retweeted on the timeline as well, but, so you can find but it. We've but we've also had a lot of this confirmed to us by an independent source of ours as well. Uh, a lot of this stuff that's going on with Michael Elgin, um, he's sort of fallen out of favor with uh, with ROH management. He's sort of they they think the guy is nuts. Uh, the part of the problem is he's. He just says and does wacky things, and then he's going on Twitter tweeting about you know trying out for Major League Baseball, which sounds completely absurd. That was an inter- it was an interview with a website, just to clarify. It was, hey, it, I forgot what the website was, but yeah. Yeah, and then he was tweeting about it, and then 
Oh, oh, he did. Okay, he did. I, I didn't he know did. he tweeted, he tweeted about, about it, it. Okay. and then he tweeted a retraction because I guess somebody got in his ear. Because then a couple hours later or the next day, he was tweeting, oh, you know, I'm just kidding about the baseball thing. I'm committed to Ring of Honor, blah, 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 blah. So clearly they – somebody expressed that the company wasn't happy with it. I don't even know if he has a baseball background to be completely honest. I just it's, I was trying to look it up earlier, and I – yeah, that's a very odd thing when you're 30 yeah. and like 270 pounds he's and like 5'10". Bizarre. Like he's the least I – mean, he has the least baseball body of any Yeah, I mean unless he's a I've catcher, I really don't understand. But I mean – um. <laughs> It's completely bizarre anyway, and, and and the other thing was he's stuck in Canada right now, and you know he can't get back across the border because he doesn't have – you know uh, the, either – it hasn't come out officially yet, but either he didn't take care of, of renewing his visa or the company screwed up some sort of paperwork. We don't know which side. Have you heard any updates of who screwed it up? Uh, as far as what I've heard, it, it seems initially I'd heard that it was something on Ring of Honor's side, and then uh, Mike Johnson actually refuted that. He said it was all on Elgin's side, and that's a big reason. Another factor of why they didn't want to book him on this stuff is because they, they knew that he didn't have everything all together. That they didn't want to have, you know, planned a bunch of house shows. Again, we bring this up where you know they sort of build their champion for various house shows and didn't want to give up that, you, you know. They knew there was an issue with them having a champion for the next 90 days that couldn't maybe not get into the country. Yeah, I mean, because so. if, if if you don't know when the guy's going to be allowed back in the country, you got to get the title off him if you've got seven mm-hmm. shows coming up in the next four weeks or whatever it is. So, Unless you're TNA, and then that's just whatever. You just I'm trying to see so. what our source had on it. If it, uh, let's see. He, I think he sort of didn't say exactly one word. Yeah, he, he wasn't said, so thought sure. thought it was time, Elgin's uh, fault, but. A Ring of Honor's fault, rather. But and it could have been. We didn't know. He that. was theorizing that it may have been Sinclair's fault because obviously Sinclair, a lot of times, doesn't have their their ducks in a row, especially with border issues. We've seen over the years. They are. Yeah, they have. No I idea mean, we've seen a million different issues. examples of of them having problems with with people getting to uh, across and back across the border. Um, you know, there there's a there's a story out there now from one of our sources saying that's you know Saliza Sparks, you know, was stopped at the border and is banned for five years. So uh, – and again, we don't know if that's her fault or ROH's fault. We don't know what's going on. And then there were Ethan Page, obviously, that you alluded to earlier, yeah. has had uh, uh, crossing the border issues. Um, so there, there's just been – you know, whether smoke, there's fire. I mean, you know, maybe maybe Elgin did drop the ball on his end as far as the visa goes. But, you know, ROH slash Sinclair has certainly had their problems with, with people crossing the U.S.-Canada border. And with Toronto being such a strong market for them, that's a huge problem. That's an enormous yeah, you got to get that tightened up. One way or another. So they, you know, there's big problems there, and you know, so Elgin is stuck in Canada. He's missing the AIW show, which will be over by the time people hear this, right? Because it was yep. Sunday night, and we. And as far as I know, he's missing the AEW show that I was planning on going to next week. Right, so. because we we don't know when he's going to be back. I mean, he got he married. He tweeted out earlier that somebody said, "Oh, you know, thank you for ruining you know AIW," and he said, "Look, I'm not going to be able to see my family for <laughs> so let's uh, you're the least of my worries. Let me see what the exact tweet. He probably got rid of yeah, it. Yeah, I saw, uh, and then he told um, the guy to go fuck himself. I believe. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it's. Uh... Oh, you were curious on his background. Uh, he said somebody asked about his baseball. He said, "I played first base, some high school, some college, quit to wrestle." Well, he certainly sounds like a major league prospect to me. So, if you played first and, base uh, in high school, he, uh, he was a hell of a. First and you're 30. Yeah, you better be able to hit 50 home runs, or else he's already into his you know physical decline as far as baseball goes. <laughs> Uh, he, he's past his prime years. He's does not have a, a baseball body whatsoever. I, 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 how many five foot six, 270 pound first basemen are running around? I mean, five, six might be generous. I, I don't know. I yeah, mean, I, what yeah. is he talking about with this baseball? I, mean, I don't know. He's out of his mind. Um, 
So anyway, he's stuck in Canada. We don't know what's happening. Title's back on Jay Briscoe. A lot of people unhappy with that because Jay Briscoe clearly uh, is not a fan of gay people and uh, has said some very bigoted things in the past. But uh, as far as if, if you can get past that stuff, and I can you know see where some people can't because Jay Briscoe's you know it, some of his uh, thoughts and, and things that he's said are pretty over the top. If you can get past that, I actually think he's a better champion than Michael Elgin at this sure, point in the I company. Agree. He never lost the title to begin with. There's a built-in storyline. He might be the best promo in wrestling. He's tremendous in the ring. Uh, he's tremendously charismatic. And, uh, you know, for the company, it might be a blessing in disguise that they got the title. But, you know, one of our independent sources have also said that, you know, that there's a lot of talk that Ring of Honor might be trying to cut ties with Michael Elgin as soon as they can, too. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's a lot of that. So, you know, Michael Elgin and ACH might not be long yeah. for the company. Developing story, yeah. Developing uh, so, story, and we'll, we'll see where it goes, but... Well, well, you know, we got to see what happens. So a lot of people were surprised, but hey, man, you know, we got good sources. We were tipped off on Thursday yeah, we that this title change was going to occur. So uh, um, it kind of blew it for you watching live a little bit. Were you still surprised when you saw it, though? I mean, it's still it yeah. stone uh, earlier in the week, but it was certainly a possibility. Um, so did it? Did the title change? Did it? It was, and you can tell. Even it, it was very, and and the way the match was structured too, it, it was structured kind of weird, and and it it really did come out of nowhere. Like even the announcers, and I don't know if Kevin Kelly and Carino knew ahead of time, but they seem legitimately shocked. And and those guys are good announcers; they, they're really good at they selling. Did a good it. job, then. Yeah. But they, I I don't know, man. They like Carino was just like he just had his hands on his head, and it was just like. Wait, so are you suggesting? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. They're, they're probably just really good at their job. I, I would think so. I don't think. I, w- I would imagine. But no, they, they, they sold the good. I mean, this isn't exactly uh, Lesnar. No, this isn't WC. That was a WCW deal. Yeah, no, it wasn't well, like that. Lesnar Undertaker, no. they just pulled that, didn't they? Right. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they didn't tell those guys. No, I, I would be shocked if they didn't tell. But no, it was a, it was an interesting match. The structure was kind of weird, and you could tell it was sort of they had a, a match in mind, and then all of a sudden it was sort of okay. Here's our detour. You know, here's where we decide what we're going to because there was a structure, there was a structure, and then all of a sudden it went off kilter a little bit, and then that's when the finish came, and it was like, oh, okay, like. So it's, it's very jarring. So it was but still sort really of an out of out of nowhere finish as well. It was, yeah. You, you'll kind of get that if you do watch it. I'm going to watch it later tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if other people have that idea too, but it, it, it was, I mean, even though I knew sort of what the result was, the finish came out of nowhere, if that makes sense. Hmm. It wasn't built up to, oh, Briscoe's, you know, got this, or he came out of nowhere. It was just sort of something going on, Jay Driller, oh my God, it's over. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It was it was quick. Interesting. Well, it was weird. So yeah, it was, it was, and Elgin did still a good job, even though he was sort of in kind of a lame duck situation as well. But no, he still did a pretty good job. Uh, and then the main event, uh, before we get out of, Talking about Ring of Honor here, uh, Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks. Uh, tag title match, two out of three falls. This was good. This is exactly what you probably would have thought it was going to be with the Bucks. I mean, it was just tons of super kicks, tons of spots, quick paced. It might have been a little too quick for some people's taste. I, I, I totally get that. Even for me, there were some parts where I was kind of, you know, my head was spinning because there was just so much stuff going on. But these two have great chemistry, and they did just another really good match. I don't know. If, I, it wasn't better than the I'll tell New you Japan what. I'll tell you though. what yeah. I'm going to do. I'm going to put my headset down because I don't know the finish. And when you're done talking about it, you're going to type a little message into your little Skype messenger here, and I'm going to put my headset back on. All right, what's going on here? I don't know the finish, and I would like to watch this match blind because I'm looking forward to it. Oh, okay. So uh, I'm going to put my headset down, and you're <laughs> going to type into your little Skype here. Uh, when you're done, I'm going to put my headset back on, and we're going to okay. uh, continue the show. So uh, go ahead and finish talking about that match. Sounds good. All right, so as I mentioned, really good match. Uh, two out of three falls. A bunch of really good um, – 
spots uh, by both teams. Uh, the Bucks won with the Meltzer driver, um, or no, 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 rather the Red Dragon one. But uh, Bucks put off the Meltzer dra- uh, driver, which is the the springboard 450, you know, spike pile driver. Uh, they did another spike pile driver as well. Just a lot of really good stuff. But yeah, Red Dragon pulled it out in the end uh, to retain the World Tag Team titles. Definitely one that I would seek out. But make sure that you're. If you're not, if you have an issue with the super spotty matches or whatever, you're not going to like this one at all. You're, you're just not. But if you love that style and you like these two guys, you're going to enjoy this match a lot. I didn't think it was my match of the night. I thought the uh, AJ Styles Adam Cole was my match of the night. Second was the Lethal and Alexander, but I thought this was the third best match on the card and, and, and a really good one. So, all right, Joe, I'm done. <clears throat> all right, I heard you stop talking, so I assume. Okay, right there now. you go. You're done. So yep. let me ask you this: What would you like better, the best two out of three falls, or the one fall match they well, had? When, so if you listened, you would have known. <laughs> which match did you like better, the best two out of three falls, or the singles match they had when Ring, when New Japan was in town? I like the I like the New Japan uh, uh, really? one is better. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought that one was better. And and I'm interested in your thoughts on that because there were aspects that I liked of, of this one better, but I thought overall I liked the the, the singles match, uh, the New Japan one, a little bit better. Well, we're done with this podcast, thought... and after I watch Boardwalk Empire, which is uh, returning tonight, and nice. watch the uh, Ring of Honor show, and away we go. Very yeah, no, I very excited for this Boardwalk Empire, Rich. Are you, are you, I can tell. Yeah, you're. Do you watch the Boardwalk Empire? I don't. I don't. You are not much of a pop culture guy, are you? No, not really. No, I don't watch too much like regular TV. Have you seen uh, Breaking Bad? I have, yeah. Start to finish? Uh, not start to finish. I've seen the first four seasons and then like the last few episodes. Have you so. seen The Sopranos? Uh, I have not. Have you seen The Wire? I've seen, uh, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't seen The Wire all the way through, but I've seen a, a majority of The Wire, yeah. Okay, okay. I don't get HBO, so. Yeah, it's no it's excuse. Kind of you got the, the HBO Go. You got DVDs. You got your uh, illegal downloads. I don't want to hear that. I don't. I don't download things illegally, Joe. I don't know what kind of rascalian you are, but I don't. Uh, <laughs> I. I. You just. I pay for my content, Joe. You don't strike me as much of a pop culture guy. Is all I'm saying. You, you know, no, I don't watch a ton of regular TV. You got to watch the Boardwalk Empire, Rich. I watch a lot of basketball, a lot of baseball. Did you watch Oz? No. I was too young when the Oz craze was going on. Again, Rich, these things don't air once and then never air again. No, they do. They, that's all they do. You pick up a DVD. or I'm, see, What's weird about me is if I don't start a show from the beginning, I get really weird out. But I, I, I can't – this is my thing. And it, 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 it's – Breaking Bad, I finally had to just kind of break that because what I'll do is I, I, I let the shows kind of run on and then people say it's good. And I go, oh, cool. I'd like to watch. How many episodes they have? And like something like Boardwalk – how many seasons do they have in Boardwalk Empire? They're heading into their final season now as a matter of fact. This is season, what, uh, what number season is five. It? See, that's a lot. I mean, like, that's a lot. Five seasons is a lot. It is. You realize there's like little... 12 episodes per season, right? Oh, is that all? It's okay. It's a 49 episode run of uh, Boardwalk okay. Empire. This is an eight episode final season here. And, Are you recommending uh, I go watch it? Would, would I like it? Well, you got to watch it from the beginning. You can't jump in tonight. Well, that's what I that, and that's my issue a lot of times. Well, I don't. I, I get weird out by jumping out, jumping in, and it seems like it's gonna take too yeah. long, and then I just kind of give up. Let me tell so. you about Boardwalk Empire. Okay. The ca- the, <laughs> we have so much to cover. The, the, okay, go the ahead. The casting is tremendous. This this is this is an amazing television cast, uh, top to bottom. The sets and the dialogue and the uh, wardrobe all tremendous for perfect for for the setting. They really create uh, you know your 1920s 1930s era uh, Atlantic City, New Jersey to perfection. Very well done show. One of the most well done shows you're ever going to see from a technical perspective. Uh, the story. Uh, it can drag at times, but to me, I'm enthralled by it. I can see people getting a little bored if they don't like the political side of it. There's a lot of politics involved in the show. 
Uh, but I, you know, I get into that stuff. I get into that prohibition era, you know, political maneuverings and whatnot. But what I like about the show is it's very similar to The Sopranos in the sense that no character is ever safe from being killed. You, you really got it keeps you on your toes, Rich. Any character can die at any time. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is your assignment to go watch Boro Empire. Okay, beginning. that so sounds good. I'm, I'm not going to tell you what happens at the end of season two, but the final scene at the end of season two is such is to me and people who have watched the show know exactly what I'm talking about. Was probably the most powerful and dramatic and shocking scene that I've ever seen in in, in television or film. And it was it was it was so shocking and dramatic. And and well done that it was it was jarring at the end of season two. Now a lot of people think that the show peaked at that moment. I disagree. I disagree, Rich. I think it's been strong ever since, straight through season four. And uh, tonight we start season five. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Okay, so I got I got a homework assignment then. Yeah, prohibition. I'll do what I can. Prohibition era Atlantic City bootleggers, all kinds of chicanery, people getting whacked out. And it takes place in New Jersey, so what's not to like? <laughs> Much like The Sopranos, which is the greatest television show of all time, without question. It laps the field. It was so good. Which, you know, forget Boardwalk Empire. You need to watch The Sopranos. What are you doing yeah, with that's, your that's, life? Yeah, I know. I don't know. You got to watch The Sopranos. What are you doing? It's a masterpiece. What about Mad Men? You watch Mad Men? I've seen, a, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen most of Mad Men. So. With my man Roger Sterling? Yeah, it kind of waned on me a little bit. I, I kind of—I I don't know if I've watched all of it. I've given—I I, what did I watch? I watched, I think, the first four uh, yeah, seasons or so. You're a I gave up. You're the worst. I am a jabroni. No, I agree. I am. No. You know, Roger Sterling got to bring you. You know, that's my man, Roger Sterling. He brings me back. You know, you, you got to watch the man. How can you not be in the Mad Men? Now, listen, Mad Men. I can actually see where some people are in it because it kind of goes nowhere at points. It's really, but but see. I, I'm interested. I still find a way to stay interested in Mad Men, even when the story is dragging and nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. Because they go through, you know, six to eight episodes where nothing happens. Right. They're just talking. They're and 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 if you, <laughs> drinking. That, that show really goes yeah. nowhere for long periods of time. And, you know, it's, it's you know, you, 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 it's not everything. It, it's a completely different kind of show than something like uh, Breaking Bad, which is just an action packed, nonstop, edge of your seat. You know the old proverbial thrill ride from start to finish. Breaking Bad's a yeah. different kind. That's a different kind of show. You know, and I, and that show was great too. But you know, I like a show where I can sink my teeth into it a little more. I like a Boardwalk Empire or a Sopranos or a Mad Men. That's what I get into. You're not a pop culture guy though. I I sense that. What's your favorite TV yeah. show of all time? Favorite TV show of all time. Do you time? even have one? Whew. Oh, man, of all time. All time. Favorite TV show. Hmm. Show you can watch over and over. I've seen Sopranos start to finish like seven times. How, what's yeah. your favorite show? Do you even have one? Uh, if I say The Simpsons, you're probably going to be mad at me, right? Not at all. Okay. So The Simpsons is what you're going with. I spent a lot of time these past few weeks watching the whole – yeah, they're probably, the, they're probably number one on my list. All right. Um, I like a lot of comedy, a lot of comedy shows. Are you a, Seinf- We've had a, a Seinfeld guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every single episode of Seinfeld. Numerous times. Did you watch the? Uh, did you watch the unauthorized story of Saved by oh, the Saved Bell? By, no, no, Lifetime. I was never a Saved by the Bell guy. No, so you didn't. No, you didn't watch that TV movie on Lifetime? No, I don't care. No. So you, didn't, God, no. You, didn't, you didn't see the scene where uh, they did the funny little gimmick where the uh, NBC television executive was, uh, you know, Screech walks into the room to speak to the executive and he's on the phone with with somebody and he says, "Yeah, you know, 
I like Jerry Seinfeld. He's funny, but the show's a little too New York and Jewy. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk later. You know, because get it, get it. It ended up being the biggest show of all time. Right. That was an awful movie. You, I, I recommend I can't I can't I'm not I gonna. cannot recommend the Say by the Bell on that was the the unauthorized story of Say by the Bell was the weakest uh, unauthorized story that I think has ever been done. There was no dirt. There was no new revelations. There was no burials. There was no uh, burying anybody. It was, it was awful. It was terrible. Was it a documentary or they like it was a movie? The... It was a it was a oh, it was, it was based then? on, uh, you know, Screech's uh, book where he buried everybody. But, but then they took all the parts where he buried. They took it. everything out of it. Yeah, he okay. nobody got buried in this movie. It was it's so boring. You didn't learn anything new if you knew anything about, you know, say by the bell. Everybody got painted in a positive light. It was just it was very disappointing. I wanted to see some mudslinging. You know what I mean? Because I don't know how much you know about it, but everybody hates Screech. They all hate Dustin. Oh Pine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for uh, Haskins. Except Mr. Belding. I think they get along. You know, the big star of uh, Pro Wrestling Syndicate. I think they get along. So, um, but, you know, so I figured he'd come out guns blazing, you know, they don't even invite him to, you know, the reunions and whatnot. It's a lot of bad blood there. He didn't bury anybody. What the hell was the point of that? You make me put on lifetime for the first time uh, in five years and then you don't even bury anybody. Come on. You got to bury someone. Very disappointed. Can't recommend it. I can't give it to Joanne's a recommendation. Skip it. If it's on your DVR, delete it. Don't even watch it. What's next, Rich? There we go. All right, let's get into. Let's move on. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's go Japan. Let's go Japan. We have a few things here, real quick. Uh, you watched the. Uh, there was a Corkin uh, show, uh, New Japan put on. Um, we don't have to go painstakingly because the show was kind of a throwaway show for the most part. I've heard good things about it. I have not seen it yet. Uh, but well, there was one big story that came out of the show. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, you, it looks like they're pushing Yoshihashi here. Yep. And we, we knew that was coming. We saw it from uh, the, the G1 Climax Finals, but now it's it's more than official that that's happening. So. He, uh, they did the elimination match. Now, now, Rich is a well-known hater of elimination matches. He, he will not watch an elimination match. He will turn his nose at an elimination <laughs> match and refuse to watch it. But they did the elimination match gimmick. See, in, the, in your tweet, though, you didn't say that. You said exactly – you said there was none of those flimsy eliminations that, that Rich hates, yeah, which that, is all I That's what I was going to say. You know, this is the, 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 this is the type of elimination match I don't think you would hate because, you know, there were no little cheesy – roll-ups or right i don't want a stupid roll-up two minutes in there and, and tanahashi's out of the match and it's like well what the hell like no, all, I, you all know. the eliminations made sense and they all fed into the story and uh you know it was even a situation at the end of the match where it was uh it, it was okada and um yoshihashi against yujiro so it was weird they had the heel outnumbered at the end um which was interesting an interesting uh dynamic there which you know uh you would you would think that you know some of the people who argue with us on Twitter who say pro wrestling can only be done one way were probably very angry at the psychology of the finish of that match since <laughs> there were two baby faces against one heel. How dare you do something, you know, unpredictable instead of doing the same old boring uh, heels outnumbering the faces? But anyway, that's how they chose to play it, and it came down to uh, Yujiro and Yoshihashi, and Yoshihashi was the sole survivor of these. Uh, elimination match and um he challenged not only yujiro for the never title after the match but he also said he's coming for uh the iwgp tag team titles and challenged uh gallows and anderson and he wants to team with okada yep okada that was yep. okada so so you go and okada was in the ring when he said that so it wasn't like uh hey this is the guy i want and okada's like nah. <laughs> you know it was like right no they, they yeah yeah so uh you know and, and he, he cut a very fiery promo and uh, he was clearly positioned as the star of the show. So uh, Nakamura was eliminated very early on in the match. 
and then uh, Okada was eliminated at the, by Yujiro, but then Yoshihashi. And, you know, you, you really felt that he felt like it was the biggest match of his life because when he got the pin on Yujiro, just the look on his face, and he showed a ton of emotion, and it, it really got over well. And uh, I think they did it in the right building, too, because uh, you knew something like that would get over in Corkin. Um, and and, and it, it's interesting because it's a new guy in the mix, and I don't know how he's going to do I suspect that he'll do fine. I mean, I thought early in the year he's been showing some signs of improvements, and I even mentioned that early in the year on some of the shows. But then he kind of faded back into the background and, and into the multi-man tags, and he's kind of disappeared. But, but this is good. Anytime you add someone new to the mix, you can't complain. So I, I don't have a problem with this, and we'll see how he does. The jury's out, and uh, hopefully he does a nice job. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, and, and more than anything, it's nice to have a different guy in yeah, there and to, just to add the different sense. matches because it's, it's gotten stale there for a little while. There's just sort of been these, you know, four or five guys that have just sort of been trading stuff. So it'll be nice. I mean, I, I as you said, I don't know if he's going to be the guy, but they've been right before. And when they have a guy, they have a guy and they go all out with him. So I'm, I'm interested to see sort of where it goes. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't think he's going to get pushed to the, to the fucking moon here. But um, it, it's like you said, if there's what if there's a valid criticism of New Japan, it's stale matchups. So, you know, it's really hard to complain about anybody getting elevated, you know, and a lot of people had complaints when Yujiro got elevated. And I kind of had the same argument there. I'm like, look, I know people don't really like Yujiro, um, but it's, it's a new face at least. You know, it's a new face in the mix, and you really can't complain about that. And Yoshihashi's going to get his big opportunity here. So, um, you know, we'll see if he takes advantage of it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, real quick here, we have a Dragon Gate show. Uh, it's going to be coming up on the 9th. Uh, it's another Ustream iPay-per-view. It's a Kirkin show. Uh, do you want to preview that show real quick for us? Or? Yeah, I didn't even know this was an iPay-per-view until you told me about <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Um, this is, uh, I guess, let's see, Monday night? Monday night in the United States? Monday night slash Tuesday morning? Um, the 9th, right? Yes, yes, that's right, right, right. Okay, right. it's a Corican show, which means it's probably going to be an Infinity episode down the line if you are cost-conscious and don't want to pay for it. It's a six-match show. They're doing another uh, Loser Revive Survival Instant Comeback Captain's Fall elimination match, but this time it's with the Jimmys and Mad Blanky. Uh, the captains ha are, are not being uh, named until bell time, so we don't know who the captains are in that one. We'll find out at bell time. But there's some very, there's a lot of interesting stuff on, and you didn't really like the last Loser Revive Survival Instant Comeback Captain's Fall elimination match, did you? You thought it was too long and I thought it was insanely long. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the I enjoyed the um, the structure of the match. I liked the gimmick and all that stuff. But I thought that particular one just lasted like ten minutes, way too long. And it was I just wanted to see an ending at some point. Yeah, so. it sounds more confusing than it is. It's really not that. I like the gimmick. No, the gimmick is, is is cool. I like that. But this particular match just went on a little too long for my liking. But yeah, there's a lot of good undercard stuff. They're they're um, really good undercard. Yeah, I mean they're they're doing their their uh, their tag tournament gimmick. Uh, what do they call it? The Summer Adventure Tag League. Mm -hmm. And there's one Summer Adventure Tag League match on the show. T-Hawk and Aita, who are really making a strong push for Tag Team of the Year, they're going to face Shima and Gamma, and that's a B-Block matchup. And I think they only have one night complete so far, and I think both of those teams are undefeated, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, that'll be a bet. Well, by then, there'll be a lot more. By, yeah, because I think on the 8th, there is a, there, tonight there's a show. Yeah, there's two shows between then and now, so yeah, so th right, things, yeah, we, we, what they are now is not going to matter. Right, <laughs> by the time you probably listen to this, yeah. Story. So that's that's the only uh, tag league bout, but there's a Brave Gate match on here. There's a Brave Gate championship match, and Flamita has been 
and killing it in these matches. And this time he defends against KZ. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty big singles match for KZ, his biggest singles match in a long time. So I'm looking forward to that. That has a chance to be really good. Uh, BB Hulk, Masa- uh, Masaki Mochizuki, and Dragon Kid against Akira Tozawa, Masato Yoshino, and Shingo. That sounds like a really good match. That's, oh, that's going to be great. Yeah, yeah that, that one stood out to me as – I can't wait to see that one. Yeah, that's semi-main, so that should be pretty good. And a match that interests me a lot, we got Punch Tamanaga versus Don Fuji. So we get to watch con- the continued progression of Punch Tamanaga here. Um, the pre-show match, and I'm hoping they show this because it's Yuga Hayashi's involved, and he's the the, uh, the young rookie with Dragon Gate who I've been pretty impressed with. He's teaming with Yusuke Santa Maria again. And they're facing Kness and Super Shisa. Um, the latest pattern has been that they haven't been showing these pre-show matches or they've been showing them joined in progress or they've been showing them in bits and pieces while the announcers talk. So I don't – I'm not, you know, I'm not uh, optimistic that they're going to be showing this match, at least not in full. And then uh, Yuha Nation, when it looked like they were, you know, going to push him, he's been working a lot of openers and prelims. And mm-hmm. uh, he's teaming with Sachihoko Boy here against Jimmy Kajitura and uh, Mr. High Tension Katoka in the official opener. So uh, six match card, seven if you count the pre-show match. Like I said, it's Cork and Hall, so it'll probably be an infinity. So if you want to wait for it, either, you know, to get uploaded illegally. We know Rich will not be doing that. No, and, no, God, uh, no. And, or if you want to wait for it to... Uh, <laughs> You know, pop up as an Infinity episode somewhere, wherever you guys, you know, watch your Infinities, whether it's uh, through whatever nefarious means you use, uh, you know, it, it should pop up. How, what are they charging for this? Fourteen ninety nine. Uh, Fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. So not bad. So, you know, it's fourteen ninety nine. But in all in all, you know, realistically, it's going to pop up somewhere as an Infinity episode. So, uh, you know, it's 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 not a major show or anything. It's kind of the middle of the tour here, the Summer Adventure Tag League. And. Um, the Summer Adventure Tag League wraps up on the 23rd, I want to say. Yeah, let me confirm. Yeah, 23rd in Osaka. 23rd, yep. Yep, yeah. you're correct. So, the old Bodymaker Coliseum. But I tell you what, I'm more interested in the 21st because that's when they do the last place decision match where the A block last place faces the B block last place <laughs> and the loser is the official last place finisher. That, to me holds almost as much interest as the finals do. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. They've got everything spread out. They're doing the semifinals on the 20th, and then the 21st is the last place decision match. And then the 23rd, after a day off, is the Summer Adventure Tag League finals. And then, of course, uh, BB Hulk's next hell defense uh, from uh, from the Star Lanes is on 10-5, is against CyberCon, of all people. So we don't know anything else about that card until this tour plays out. But uh, BB Hulk's CyberCon, I don't know about that as a big uh, Dreamgate main event. That might be a little shaky. Uh, I don't know yeah, that's yeah. they could put together. <laughs> There's a little concern there. I mean, BB Hulk is a guy who I think is okay, but, you know, he definitely needs to be carried in some situations, and I couldn't tell you the last big singles match Cyber Kong had, so I'm a little worried about that one. So, uh, you know, we'll see, though, but that's what's going on in Dragon Gate. Sounds good. Cool. So let's uh, let's get back to uh, America then. We're going to talk a little bit. NXT TakeOver 2 is the show uh, this Thursday. It's, uh, we like to call it NW, uh, NXT Clash of the Champions. Uh, I think it was be the third one. Uh, really good card um, on paper. Uh, do you want me to run this down real quick? Or do you have any thoughts before I kind of go match by match here? You say get back to America. I thought you might get back to talking Boardwalk Empire because, you know, they're doing, oh, if you want, they're yeah. doing a seven-year jump uh, to start this season. 
Which, oh, that's yeah, well, you know, it also means that, you know, because there's a lot of uh, real life characters involved here, Arnold Rothstein, played by the great Michael Stolberg, he's done a great job in that role. He dies in the interim, so he's not coming back this season. It's very mm. depressing. Because <laughs> Arnold Rothstein dies in 1928. You got to have him die in the show. He's got to yeah. die because they're skipping 1928. They're skipping forward seven years to get to the Great Depression. And this Stolberg has done a great job in his role. I'll tell you, when you get around to watching Boardwalk Empire, keep your eyes on the Arnold Rothstein. I'm going to watch all, the, whole, the whole thing tonight if I can. Right, so. Now you're just being a wise guy. But uh, well, No, I, I actually I, – I, it's a show that I've legitimately wanted to kind of get into. So this might be the – your encouragement and, and demanding of my homework assignment, that might be the one that does it. So. Does this count as a spoiler if someone who is a real-life person is revealed to be dead before the season comes back tonight? <laughs> does that count as a spoiler because i mean no i don't think so i mean is that kind of, it's kind of like i mean the guy really, what the hell do you want him to do like lie about like or fake that you know yeah no i mean he really died in 1928 i mean it, I, I don't know does that count as a spoiler did i just spoil it for you by telling you that no no this no. character will not be because it's real life characters right well some of them yeah, are like yeah he's well that one is yeah i mean al, yeah. al capone is in the show and uh you know yeah i think i know that al capone might die at some that's point, the thing so. you know when you have real life characters <laughs> Well, I, he's not going to die during the, well, this is the last season, so they're not going to kill Capone because Capone's not going to, you know, he's not going to die till you know, what, the 1940s, right? Yeah, until like. syphilis. Yeah, yeah until so an episode with syphilis. At Capone, I tell you, he gets around. But, uh, you know, there's real life characters here. So I don't know if that, does that qualify as a spoiler? Is that my fault if somebody listening to this podcast doesn't know their history? Well, people got mad that that Dave was spoiling PWG stuff when they reported who you know who won that. So that that people will anything is a spoiler to people now. They they they're going to go on social media, they're going to go on websites, and then you're not allowed to ever say anything about something that they haven't watched yet. So, so someone yeah probably is going to say you spoiled it for me, but whatever. Al Capone, Lucky Luciano. There's a lot of real life real life characters running around here. See, they should have just made all these guys composites. I know it's kind of cool having Al Capone in the series, you know what I mean? But it also makes it predictable because if you know history, you know what is going to happen here. With Al sure, right. You know, and you, you know what's going to happen with, with all these characters. See, they made the lead a composite character. You know, Nucky Thompson's not a real character. He's based on, uh, I forget the guy's name, but the real-life bootlegger from Atlantic City. You know, but they, they, he's a composite character. So they could do anything they want with him. They've got some creative license. They probably should have did that with everybody, looking back. Do you just want me to end the show so you can go watch it, or what? No, 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 we're good. Because you're pumped. You just want. <laughs> I, I get it. I am so you're pumped on. about this Boardwalk Empire. You have no idea. I'm. I feel bad. Well, now I feel bad that I'm, I'm sitting here talking about stupid yeah. wrestling and. and I, I got this nonsensical uh, Broncos uh, Colts game that I don't care about right. on screen, but I, I really want to get to this. The first thing I'm doing when we finish is I'm hitting. I'm watching that Boardwalk Empire. Let's go. All right. Well, let's let's finish, sir. So let's talk uh, NXT Takeover Two. Uh, we're gonna have a preview and review, a live review of the show going on as well. But a uh, pretty good card. Uh, Mojo Rally versus Bull Dempsey. Probably not a very good match, but that'll most likely be the opener. We have Enzo Amore, your guy, versus Sylvester Lafort in a hair versus hair match. And you're you're very fond of Enzo's new lady. Oh, Carmella. And, uh, yeah, that's your girl. Oh man, Carmella. Let me tell you, she's right up the lands of Alley. Yeah, she's she gaudy. Got, she she got, wears leopard print. She's absolutely tan. She's got a poodle. She's got a poodle. She's got the leopard print. Did you mention? <laughs> did you mention the leopard print? I did. I mentioned leopard print. Have you print. mentioned you that she wears leopard print? I yeah. How about the? You accent? really love leopard print. Well, listen, really? animal print is great on a woman. I gotta tell you. No, it's not. Yes, no, it is. No. Yes, it is. Not. You got listen. I'm a fan of the it's animal not. print. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan of everything about the Carmella. 
Okay, she's got the animal print. She's got the fake tan. You can tell I know, I know you're from Jersey. She's, Deep down, she's got you the know. great hair. Okay, did you notice? En- <laughs> she does. <laughs> did you notice Enzo smelling the hair in that vignette? I did. Did you notice yeah, that? That's yeah. a good move. I bet that hair smelled very good. It was a great vignette, by the way. Yeah, yeah. She's got the accent. You know, she accentuated the "Oh my God!" Did you hear that? That's yeah, great. I did. She's got the poodle. She does hair. She does hair. I mean, come on. She's perfect. <laughs> I need to be introduced to this. This is this this Carmela. I wish it was a real person. This is what I need in my life. I need someone just like Carmela, someone who does hair in Jersey and wears animal print. As like, as like right up the Lanza Alley. Is there is there a more poor, perfect woman for Joe? Like Lanza? Literally the opposite, the exact opposite of a woman that I would like. But so it's except the. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll deal. But she didn't she have like the blonde streak in her hair too. Isn't it like the black hair with a blonde streak? I didn't notice that. Oh, it's like the world. Okay, was it just, it was just? It was just. It was just you know brunette? nice hair, you know, and she does hair. That's that's a you know. Any respectable, you know, Italian woman in Jersey does hair. You know, it's right up my Let's alley. see your hair. Okay, no, it's like a, it's like a mix. It's kind of like a strawberry blonde. I'm looking forward to her. Let me tell you, Devin, oh. Devin, you're out the door. Oh well, then Devin's all mine. De- Good. Devin's out the door, and Carmela's moving in. Even the name Carmela, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get much of that down. I moved to Texas. There's none of that. Down yeah, you there. don't get too many Carmelas down there. Oh no, I, guess, no I get cowboy boot wearing southern bells. They're all friendly and nice. I don't need that. I like that attitude. <laughs> you want yeah, to get yelled at? Exactly. Yeah. I like that attitude. I need that attitude. I I need a woman who's not going to take Joe Lanza's shit. You know what I mean? Because Joe Lanza <laughs> will give you some shit, and if you let me give you shit, it's just a bad mix. These southern girls, they don't. You know, they let me walk all. Yeah, they're too nice. I need a Carmelo who's going to you know fight back. Not going to take my shit. And then do your hair. And then do my hair. hair. Yeah, then she can cut my hair and save me 16 bucks every two weeks. You know what I mean? <laughs> she, I could just sit down in the kitchen. She could get the clippers out and do my hair. You know? But no, yeah. So we got Enzo Amore versus Sylvester LaFort in a hair versus hair match. It should be an interesting one. We have the Ascension versus Kalisto and Sincar, who won the uh, NXT tag title number one contenders tournament. Uh, obviously, the Ascension is the current champions, Kalisto and Sincar going for the titles. Uh, you have Charlotte versus Bailey. That's the NXT women's title match. And then you have the uh, NXT. Title match, the world title match. Uh, Adrian Neville versus Tyler Breeze versus Sami Zayn versus Tyson Kidd. That was an inadvertent cough. I wasn't. Yeah, gonna... I was going to say. What's wrong there's with nothing that? wrong. There's nothing wrong with that match. Um, the the appeal here on this show is there's some call ups coming clearly, and uh, you know the interesting thing with NXT is it's kind of like an old school territory where you job on the way out of the territory, or in this case, out of the NXT territory, and into the Raw territory. So yeah. a lot of these people who lose. Uh, some of these title matches, you might see them on Raw the next week. Right. You know, we've maybe the Ascension, maybe Charlotte. You never know. And maybe we've, we've got... you know, Adrian Neville, maybe Sammy. We don't know. Yeah, it's gonna uh, be yeah, interesting. We've, we've had a source filling us in on some things. Yeah, so I'll be interested to see who 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 goes. But I think uh, there's a few there. I think the Ascension, and in the way they've been rumoring it, is I think Kalisto and Sankara are going to win that match. And but I have a preview coming up and all that it's stuff. We'll talk about it a little bit more. What were we told to that? Uh, there, there were there were people in. Um, a certain department who, you know, Adrian Neville, I think it was. Yeah, we're doing like graphic work, graphic work, and, and doing Neville. WWE style with with the WWE logo and Adrian Neville right. on it. So. so clearly, the call up is coming for him soon. Um, maybe after this, maybe not. Uh, the Ascension, we've heard as well. So you know, it's interesting. They, you know, the losers of the matches are most likely moving on up. So they're going to do their jobs on their way out of the territory. Now the question is. Um, you know, but, but, you know, guys like Tyler Breeze, like Sammy Zayn was on the, is on the the current house show loop. I think Neville is as well. Is Breeze too? Is it all three of them? 
Uh, I think they, yeah, all three were. So, I mean, you know, it, it really opens that possibilities up for that match. I mean, Kid could, it's interesting because Kid's already on the main roster, but he could win that match because the other three guys are moving up. Yeah. So I don't think he's going anywhere, but yeah, so. yeah because I mean, you know, you know, you know, it, it's so Kid could win it. Um, I, I, th I think it's clear that Neville's losing. The question is one way or another. Yeah, it's either Breeze or Kid is it, it'd be my guess. Sure. And I, I, I guess Breeze on, on my preview. But um, yeah, it, it could be Kid easily. I, I don't see it being Zayn and I don't think it's Neville, obviously, as you said. Here's the thing. You really want to bring all three of those guys up and the Ascension and uh charlotte that's yeah, a lot at once so, so. someone's got to stay behind so you would figure that um and i don't really see a point in putting the title on kid unless you're moving all three of those guys up so tyler breeze seems to be the most logical pick to win the match but i'll be a little different and i'll say the kid's gonna win just to be yeah i could see either one be, I, it's very yeah you know not definitely arguable but as i mentioned we'll have a nice big preview larry and i are going to preview it and then uh we're gonna have five people reviewing the show live uh that night so we're, we're really pumped about it oh, these specials we got are another great, one of these so. wu-tang clan reviews huh we got oh, yeah. 19 oh, yeah. people doing the review and uh oh boy okay what night is that that is thursday that's night. the 11th right Yep, Thursday the 11th, September 11th, okay, NXT TakeOver 2. These so. are always good shows. Now, yeah, they're great the shows. other thing we don't know is whether – we know Kenta is going to be on the show. Yes. But what we don't know is if Kenta is going to wrestle on the show. Yeah, all we heard is that he will be introduced. Right. Now, there there was leaked cell phone footage of his first – they kind of did a practice run with uh, JoJo interviewing him at a house show. And as it was interrupted by Tyler Breeze, and then Zayn came out, and Neville came out, and they did a whole thing. And I'll tell you, Kenta has really worked on his English. I don't know yep. what his starting base was and how much English. He I don't think it was good at all. It was not good at all. I think it was it was real bad from what I heard. And the Observer sort of said that as well, is that it was not good. But he said from the get-go, I'm going to learn it. You know, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to learn he it. He has, man. I mean, yeah. Well, I watched that video, too. I was shocked at how good he was. He's, he's speaking very functional English. And uh, I'm sure it's practiced lines as well you know but but it seems natural and it comes off natural and uh he's really making an effort and i'm not hearing any stories about attitude problems because let's face it with kenta he's been a surly guy in the past and there's yeah. been a lot of stories some some flat out horror stories really that come out of japan with his attitude and um i thought that that could be an issue for him but it really seems like he's approaching this in a very humble way and um you know it's it, and all the reports that are coming out everything that i've seen everything that 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 they've it just seems like he's acclimated himself very well it appears as though they're going to allow him to, that they're just going to run with the kenta name it's not going to be stylized but they're calling him kenta uh, so yeah. far, they called him Kenta at the house show. They're calling him Kenta on the website. They refer to him as Kenta, so you know he's going to retain the name. Um, this is obviously a Triple H project, so it's going to get every chance to succeed. Uh, th these are good things, and, it, and so far, although this could change, and, and it could change for Kenta too, but it looks like Devitt is going to be using the Devitt name in some form. Yep. Probably use his first name, but or but there's been issues with that. But yeah, Devitt. Yeah. No matter what, Devitt will stay. Yeah, that, it, it that looks part like, will be his. at least so far, sure. And they did introduce Kevin Steen as Kevin Steen, and they did do it intentionally the same day as the Canadian release of the network. Yeah. So it seems as though these international guys, like the whole thing behind Kenta and Devitt keeping their names, is because they want to market these guys when they go to Japan. Sure. Yeah. If you market him as as Tamagotchi or whatever, you know, Japan people are gonna go, who the hell is that guy? Oh yeah. It, it, you know. Now you can say it's. Kenta, you remember Kenta, you know Kenta. Yeah. Like, you or know, De and Devitt, Devitt, Devitt. Yeah, you know Devitt. It's not 
you know. Yeah, so if you're a dev- and, and they've been good about that lately. That's sort of a narrative that they go and change these names like crazy. They've been pretty good. Yeah, about that's it. A, that, that's so old. That's just you know. That's 2006, like FCW, like oh, we're gonna call Prince Devitt, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's Irish McGee or whatever, like Tom McGee or whatever. It's like no, they're not. <laughs> like they haven't done that. Yeah, they they really don't. I mean, it, it 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 it's the same thing with the tired narrative of they don't sign fat guys, even though you know Bray Wyatt and Bull Dempsey and Kevin Steen and you know you can go on and on with all these yeah. fat guys that they've been signing who don't look. You know, these are all 2006 Johnny Ace narratives. The company isn't run that way anymore. So, you know, they, there's you know they're still going to change names now and then. They still want to own trademarks. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. But with these international guys it's it's a matter of being able to market them and it's easier to market kenta and devitt when they have established fan bases in japan mm-hmm, already absolutely. and if you and if you they did not draw well when they went to japan this last this, this even with the hulkster right so which continues to show that the whole, nobody <laughs> anywhere cares about Hulk Hogan. no it's, yeah the whole hogan thing is over but but to be fair the one show he was on drew the best if i recall. yeah so uh, th- there is that the show that he appeared on did draw the biggest crowd, but I mean, they did not do great in Japan. So you know, it would really behoove them, and they never did anything with Yoshitatsu. And he was, you know, he wasn't a big star in Japan anyway. He was a New Japan, you know, lower, lower, you know, lower middle guy when he left. Um, so you know, it, 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 it this, this, this is good. It's a good start, and and I think NXT. I think it's time for NXT to 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 get freshened up anyway. This current it's been. Sta- I mean, I, I've been reviewing the shows and I've been saying they're good shows, but they're, it's starting to get into a kind of a monotonous. They, there's there's been a certain comfort level, and they've just been kind of doing shows for a while now the same. But it's 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 gonna be nice to have this jolt of talent, even if some guys go up that we might want the, to stay or anything like that. It's gonna be nice to kind of get a new fresh coat of paint. It's on, time. On I mean, this Sami Zayn story of being the guy who's close but no.